Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right. This week, we are covering the Oscars. We are? We are. There's also a lot of news, Chris. Also a lot of news. We'll talk about a lot of that. We were on the red carpet. Not really. I was about to say, I, I don't remember a red carpet unless like you like had a red carpet that you rolled out sometime and <laughs> yes. like, hey, walk across this, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like we should do that sometime. We, we should, should have a stay on target red carpet. Okay. Maybe episode like 1000. Yeah, that sounds awesome, actually. Episode 1000. We, we should record <laughs> episode 1000. Okay, hang on. Wait, you're talking about recording episode 1000 right now? Okay, yep. We're going to lay this out here. And then if this happens by some miracle, I'm going to be like, I mean, that's that's 15 years from now, John. It's very true. I would be <laughs> I mean, <laughs> 47 years old. Why not, Chris? <laughs> how, how old are, would that make you? 45? 45, yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> episode 1000. <laughs> we will do episode 1000 in downtown LA. Whoa. All right. Whoa. Now you're getting crazy, Chris. But I like kind, the sound of it. As some kind of venue. I'm not going to specify because I don't know. Because, I mean, I don't even. Some kind of know. venue with a red carpet. Okay. In, in Hollywood. In Hollywood. I like it. We should also We're coming for you, Hollywood. We should also do something like rather than like you know how they have like yeah they put their handprint because like Mark Hamill's about to get his handprints or maybe it was today that he got his handprints in the Walk of Fame or finally, whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, did uh, so Harrison Ford I would think is there already right? Uh I would imagine so. What about Carrie Fisher? Did she ever I think get she, her? yeah she I think she's there too. Well, what's, what were they waiting? Let on me look. For let me confirm. Mark though. Hamill. Let me confirm. I I don't know. This is a good, these are all good questions, Chris. But I was about to say, like, we should do, like, hey, put our hands on a is T-shirt. Is George Lucas there? I don't know. We should, put, like, put our hands on a T-shirt that has our names on it as well. So, uh, so, so. That sounds you know, amazing. So, it's no, very listen, similar. Hang on. It's, we'll it's get, to commemorate we'll put, the event. We'll put our well. hands in some kind of, we'll find some kind of concrete there <laughs> and put our hands in it. It's just like at the local park, you know? It's just they poured some concrete. Okay, I've done some research, Chris. Okay. Um, I have found out that Harrison Ford is the only one of the, the trio that has had their star, uh, other than uh, now Mark Hamill has had his today, as of today. Okay. Um, so, uh, I thought that Carrie Fisher had had hers, but uh, what it looks like was that whenever she passed, a fan uh, had like altered one of the stars oh, that yeah, was yeah. there, mm-hmm. and so that people would have like a place to like put flowers and things like that. So that's what I had seen before. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, so they don't necessarily do their hands in the uh, cement anymore either. Right, right. There's just a little like symbol or yeah. whatever like there. Yeah. Um, and so uh, George Lucas also does not have a star yet. So they should, they, he should have one too. Yeah, I think they Who should. Besides these should things. All have. So there's like there's a some sort of a committee, and it was talking. I, I was just reading this, uh, glancing over it, and I think like whenever uh you can have one uh posthumously um and so but it has to be five years after after oh, someone has passed before somebody their family or whoever can nominate and be like hey, hey this person should get one so yeah there's you know it's there's a there's a process chris all right there's a process let's follow know. the process it seems i think seems, the rock got one earlier this year it seems wait, outrageous sorry, to i think me. in 2017 it seems crazy to me that the rock got his before carrie fisher got or even mark hamill or george lucas yeah Agreed. Seems um, crazy to me. Other than he's been in probably more movies than Carrie Fisher was. Probably, yeah, like, yeah, yeah definitely. That, you know? Definitely. I don't know. Like he hasn't had as big of a cultural impact. I don't right. think necessarily. No, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it might be close. I mean, at this point, 
the other side of that is like with with Carrie like doing as much like I mean, script writing and things like that that she has done over the years. Yeah, I mean, true. So, I mean, yeah, for for sure. I'm not I'm not discounting what Carrie Fisher did. I'm also no, don't want to discount what The Rock has done. Of though. course. Well, I mean, it just seems crazy to me that like they've they've been around for longer yeah. as well. Like yeah, yeah. Mark Hamill and and them. True. Like, it's, true. And so it's like the just not getting a star until now seems a little strange to me. But. I mean, you just can't give them out to everyone, you know? <laughs> Chris, but we're going to get Ev- one on episode 1,000. Eventually, you, know. you run out of roads. <laughs> What's crazy? So, like, um, down in Hollywood, like, they're everywhere, like, all, all over that area because they just have to be because they're, oh, yeah. they're you know, they don't, don't pile them on top of each other or It'd whatever. It'd be awesome to um, to be the first podcasters to get a, uh, a star. I wonder if that – I bet you that's – you think that's happened? Well, I mean, they, class, they put a little uh, – they put the, those little brass icons mm-hmm. for in, like your for what, contribution for what, for what it is for what you are. Like I think a director, I don't know what they have. I, I know they, they, it changes depending on what um, what your role in the movie industry is. Right, but, right. Um, I mean, this is the thing. Like there, I mean, we don't. I mean, well, we just. I mean, maybe Roger Ebert, but he didn't have a podcast. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Be, well, uh, I also was thinking like if somebody has has a star. But then also like starts hosting a podcast like that. Technically, they're not yeah, there for true. podcasting, right. but technically they would be the first. I want to be the podcaster. first people there for podcasting. Yeah, that'd be wild, man. That'd be wild. We gotta move to Hollywood now. <laughs> gotta gotta get this rolling, this man. Thing, we have fifteen years to make this happen. It's a long time. It's long. T- it's. I mean, I feel like you know. <laughs> a lot can happen in. 15 I mean, years. yeah, a lot could happen in fifteen years. But Chris. We're just dealing with what I'm happened. not holding out. I'm not, I'm not sorry. I'm not giving up hope. Of course not. At all. Never. No. But we're talking about this week. Yeah. What have you been up to? Um, so this week I have not been up to a lot. So um, uh, as I, we talked about on the podcast last week, I went to the AMC 24-hour Best Picture Marathon. That's right. On Sunday night. How was that? It was great. Yeah. Um, I made it I, most of the way through. I fell asleep in the next last movie. Okay. Uh, d- during Call Me By Your Name. Okay. They put one of these. I mean, it's a good movie, but they, it's slow. Yeah, and it's it was at two thirty in the morning. I think so. Okay, so if, if memory serves me correctly, like two or three years ago, a similar thing happened, like where like they they put a really like kind of slowly paced movie, kind of in the uh, in the middle of the night. Yeah, I'm trying to remember like. I don't remember which one it was, I but remember I remember having either. this conversation basically. It, but it, I think before. it's. I mean, honestly, I'm not saying you put all the slow movies up front, like you know. But you could have put something like Dunkirk here, where mm-hmm. <laughs> a little more exciting. I mean, who's going to sleep the, during Dunkirk? With right. That, well, with, I mean, and even something like uh, uh, Three Billboards Outside of Missouri that was at started at 5 a.m. I mean, it was even that's a more upbeat movie, not not upbeat in tone, but like uh, it's it's uh, more happens. I guess it's not just people milling around talking yeah. to each other. Yeah, this is you know like so. There's some action, you know. There's fire. There you go. <laughs> so it's just it, yeah. I mean, there's definitely like movies. There are definitely fantastic movies. Yeah. That like I would not be like I'm gonna watch this while I'm tired. My um, you know that you wouldn't pick and go. Oh, that's the one I wanna wanna of, watch. But yeah, while I'm tired because like, like, you can't really pay attention even if you are awake. I'd, sometimes I'd been tired for a while. And it was probably because it's a two-hour, seventeen-minute movie. It was probably about an hour and a half in, and I was just like, I just literally gave up. Mm. I was like, I'm not even. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I apologize to this movie. Yep. I can't last anymore. So I fell asleep for probably about a good forty-five minutes ish. I'm honestly surprised that like I mean you lasted a really long time. Yeah. 
Um, and I think like the night before we had been playing like Fortnite up a little bit too yeah. late. I mean, I got off that and I made sure I got off that night at around 11. Okay. So I was like, if I don't go to bed, I'm going to completely regret tomorrow. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so other than that, it was, uh, it was, it was great. I mean, it was great even then. I, I slept well. Of course. <laughs> um, but because of that, I, like my entire week has been thrown off in terms of, I've just been super tired all week. Um, the and, old sleep clock, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think on Monday I woke up around five, um, and you know, like until last night. Last night I slept almost twelve hours, so like that was the the catch up time. That's so good. anyway, that that's been pretty much all I've been up to, uh, and we'll talk about all that stuff later. I like it. I like yeah. it. Unless unless there's, I feel like there's something I was going to talk about here, but I don't remember. Well, while you think about it, yeah. Um, I will say I saw Star Wars uh, Last oh, Jedi yes. again. Yeah. Um, use the old movie pass. This yeah. is like the last week. Like I've been keeping my eye out because like I wanted to see it again for sure in theaters. Yeah. And uh, and I and so like this is the last week that it's basically listed around this area. Mm. Um, outside of like I think there was like oh the aquarium in Atlanta next week or something like <laughs> the you know now we get into some like some of those theaters that are like picking up the uh, picking up you know the theater buys it or whatever, picks yeah. up the film or the uh, the the USB drives yeah. as it were the license to play a film for cheap you know they're, yeah. they're buying yeah. it off of other theaters and things like that so um which was always interesting whenever it was actual film because like you would go to see something like months after it came oh, out yeah. and it's like the film has degraded oh, so yeah. much so and it's scratchy. like dirty and it's got like grit oh, grime all over it. The theater off of Bell Road, they would always play stuff for like a dollar or whatever what? and uh, and it would be like that. I remember like, I don't remember what we saw. No, it was, I do remember what we saw. It was, um, uh, we saw Snow White and the Huntsman there. Were you with me or was no. it me and Dee Dee? No, I saw Snow White and the Huntsman was, like early. Oh yeah, because we reviewed it. Didn't we? Mm, no, oh, we reviewed it. We reviewed the second one. Okay, Maybe if we um, if we didn't review the first one, then this is whenever I went to see it, and for some reason we'd waited long, super long to go see it. So it was um, like the only place you could see it. The only place left to see yeah. it was there, and we're like, okay, cool. We've never been there before, and and it was so scratchy. Mm-hmm. It was just like, and it was jumping, and it was like I'm almost like distracted enough by the film quality yeah. on this projector. That I can't like get into the movie. Yeah, maybe that's why I liked the movie more than I probably should have because I really liked that movie. <laughs> so the first one was was decent. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I liked the first one. I mean, it was, for for like that type of movie yeah. of like, hey, it's an action movie. The pacing yeah, was pretty quick and didn't really have any kind of like you know character development. Yeah, but, I mean, you know. it, it never really like lagged long enough for me to like really recognize yeah. the where it had like you know where it was lacking. Yeah, I mean that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean the pace, you know. Was, yeah, it's like well, okay. If you don't have if you don't have content, just go really fast. Yeah, yeah, and it works. Sure. Um, I remember similar similar like to that like back in uh, Illinois. Benton, oh, that Illinois. Yeah, theater. the theater in Benton. And like, unless you went and saw it like on because they they would get like they would get like first week kind of stuff. Yeah, like they weren't yeah. like occasionally. The, yeah, because they, they weren't like the theaters in there. Theater. Yeah, but then like. Yeah, they only had two theaters, and so they would either swap the films or they would just like you know, it's like you yeah, get what you get. You're for right. Sometimes long. they would have four movies that would play, so like one showtime would be one, one showtime would be another. But like every time, unless you went the first week, it's like the film would be so scratchy and like horrible that it's like, man, yeah. this is so strange. And I also wonder if that could be because thinking about it now, if that could be because they had the four, so they had to swap out the different reels, Maybe. and so it's just the, de- the reels are getting dusty yeah. on the process or like whatever. Uh, I think it's just use. 
Well, use and the fact that they employed high schoolers to do all this. Yeah, the the, uh, the technicians and things. I yeah. mean, like, I mean, we watched, uh, I don't know, were you there whenever, we, and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, watching The Village, and the whole left half of the screen was no. was blurry. What? Yeah, totally. That's funny. Totally happened. That's really funny. It, was, it enhances the horror. I mean, it, I mean, I love that movie, too. Maybe I just need to watch movies <laughs> on terrible projection. <laughs> Under terrible projection circumstances, man. <laughs> like and then you walk into it. the theater, it's actually too clear. Like it hey, looks, this is too yeah, crisp. This, this looks too good. It's uh, can you? Uh, could you uh, just like you know spit on the lens or something? <laughs> Gross. That's disgusting. Actually, um, you know the best picture marathon. This is. Um, I mean, it didn't bug me, but I mean, at first maybe it did. Uh, in the theater that we were watching it in, there was an exit sign. Um, down by the, at the lower like left hand corner of the screen, mm. it was just this big red glow on mm. the bottom corner of the screen the entire time. Yeah, I've had that happen in theaters before. It's a bummer. Also, like the green ones are always better. Like so, it's not like drastically different than like the type of screen you're looking at or whatever. Like the green ones are dimmer a lot of times. Yeah, it yeah. seems like you they can... don't shine as bright. Right. True. <laughs> uh. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know how we got onto any I don't of this. Know. What I did you even talk about what you oh you've been Star doing? Wars oh, yeah, Star yeah, yeah. Wars. so uh, so I saw Star Wars it was it was it was awesome I I actually like it more now than I I did the first time yeah for sure so I mean, that um, was my experience too yeah and so it's uh yeah I I'm excited to watch it another time whenever it finally Ugh, comes to like Netflix or whatever um just to kind of like get some of those those other moments maybe in fact like just do like the highlights or the 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 scenes that i want to check out i'm still just like you know i'm not over the disappointment of it um and and we were talking a little bit beforehand like there's that interview that daisy ridley did recently um where she talked about like the fact that jj had um you know obviously written the script for seven and it also delivered treatments for eight and nine and Ryan basically threw the whole thing out and was like, I'm just doing this. Um, not going to keep any of that. Well, I don't think he even read it. Like, he just did, he just did his own, you know. And uh, Sure, but that's still, like, you know, disappointing. Yeah. I as mean, a, I, a fan. I don't disagree because, like, uh, the, the biggest the biggest thing that I will say is, like, the the – prequel trilogies like there there are lower lows than the than the last jedi for sure in the in the franchise um but at the very least like the the prequel trilogy look was all one vision rather yeah, one than cohesive this, vision yeah rather than like a push pull of of ideas and thoughts and, well and, and that i, sort of I thing, think i'm so. more i don't not necessarily even i don't i don't know that i blame ryan for it as much as i'm just disappointed in the in lucasfilm and the star wars story group you know like i think we've talked about before like supposedly they're like the guardians of the star wars universe and the story and they make sure everything works together i'm like okay cool but that also needs to apply to this scenario Mm. you know like it doesn't just need to apply to well these ships wouldn't be here because of blah 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 and he's like does this make sense (laughs) is we have taken a universe that was i came out like i'm just gonna make a came out of the mind of a genius a forerunner of Mm sci-fi Um, George Lucas, and we're not going to be intentional with it, you know. So, so like, I don't see. I don't know if I I'm on board like completely with that because like I I think and on the second viewing, it's interesting that the movie like I'm okay with pretty much all of the plot points. Like I'm okay with the direction Major that they took. Point. Yeah, it. I mean, sure. I just don't didn't think it was delivered a great like the best way. Like it, I I I do believe that 
if the same script or the same kind of outline in other circumstances with a different director potentially could have been great, you know? And it's, and so like, it's, it's really just comes down to like the, the, the delivery in a lot of ways for me on that movie. But yeah, you know, maybe, I mean, there was, I mean, I don't want to rehash it, but right. there are, there are, you know, large plot holes that didn't make sense with the characters that JJ set up. I guess that's my, that's my, that's, that's just my, like my point with that um, is I wish that it made more sense. Like we're going to get a JJ sequel now. And it's like, there's a big question of like, well, does he, <laughs> does he now throw that, this out and then go back to his original vision? For sure. I mean, or, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely a question. I mean, like, that's weird to me. And I'm not sure like. That you question know, shouldn't even be there. We don't we don't really know like what what potentially his vision would have been or what, you know, what the discussions behind the scenes were yeah, for for, sure. for between these films. Um it is interesting, you know, going back to JJ so he can wrap this up. I I I also think in on the second viewing like there's nothing in the last Jedi that can't be, you know, can't be kind of smoothed over in the the third movie yeah true and, um, and, and if he does that that'd be like fantastic you know right. like i think there's there's ways that you can take this that will definitely like make it okay or and better for me yeah um and then it would come down to just delivery i mean there's still like large plot like the whole like you know the whole side story with at the is spoilers spoilers yeah so there's a whole side story yeah you know that i still like i'm like that still doesn't make sense in any scenario I think I think you it, like it could have been it could have been uh, worked out better than it was like and and because like but again but this is the thing we're like this and I've said this about like other things too we have to either take it or not you right know? Like, right even if in a like hey this could have been better if in that scenario it's like well this doesn't even matter also doesn't matter saying like hey this is really bad it's like either I either I accept right, it as the story. Right. Or I don't, yeah. you know. And I guess, I guess, like my thing—that's that was—I was like bummed about it, and 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 uh, after the first union, like kind of, kind of got, you know, I was like, ah, this is it is what it is. I don't know if my my score hasn't hasn't moved since like a week after seeing it or whatever, or my like how I view this movie hasn't really changed that much. It's just like as on the second union, I was like, yeah, all right, it's better than I like. It's it's better than I thought for the star Wars yeah. universe. Cause initially I was very much in that like kind of shock of it all. And then, uh, and then transitioned over into like, Hey, this is fine. So now, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, it's such a weird situation. I don't think with any other movie, um, I've experienced this for sure. I mean, it's unique to like something that you care that much about. And yeah. then like, and I guess like a lot of people had this, you know, s similar things happen probably with the, the, the prequels. For sure. Whereas like we were young enough to where it's like, Hey, the prequels just yeah. were our star Wars now. Yeah. You know, it's like that, that big, like it was easy for us to integrate that into what we thought of star Wars, yeah. whether it was good, whether it was bad, whether it was like, you yeah. know, messy or whatever yeah. we just integrated it and so like that's like that process is a little bit harder now i'm finding it harder right. to integrate it into like my view of the star wars universe yeah and like you know i that's just something that hey i like you said it's like i'm i'm, I'm on board with it now because it's like hey i'm well i mean you have to well, like like i said just integrate doesn't, it in. doesn't doesn't imply like i think it's a good movie um it just implies that i have to be okay with this story otherwise 
the rest of the movies aren't going to make any sense or like they don't matter at that point, you yeah. know, like, well, I mean like, and then you can, you can always like, anybody can always just take out, hey, you know, I'm only, I only really like the, a new hope, like the yeah. first star Wars movie. And like, there's people in that camp where they yeah. just don't like any of the other ones and that's fine. Yeah. But like in order to be an ongoing star Wars fan, like with between right. whether it's comics or between whether it's the, uh, the uh, rebels TV series um, or whether it's, you know, the movies moving forward, like you kind of have to, like, if you're going to, if you plan on like moving forward with the franchise and like being a, uh, like, into it and, and enjoying it yeah you kind of just that's you true just do, you know either you do either you move along with it or it leaves you behind yeah and that doesn't mean it doesn't have flaws that doesn't mean it doesn't have problems yeah. that means it doesn't mean like you're happy necessarily with yeah. it but it's like it just means like hey i don't think is. i've said on the podcast like I've, for a while it's like well hey we should rehash this later i'm like ah no like no. we shouldn't you know like but i think like it's willing to say like or i, I think it's worth it to say like if i was re-reviewing this movie because i've thought of, i've seen i've I went and saw it another time. Um, I have thought about this for a long... Like, I'd probably move this down to a six for me in terms of a rating. I don't Mm -hmm. remember where I put it necessarily. I feel like it was in the sevens. Uh, it was either seven point five or an eight. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think I think I would put would put it about a seven point five if if you know just because there's so much in it that I I actually like. So yeah, I mean, agreed. I mean, without re-reviewing it, right? Um, but yeah, like I think mine's moved to yeah. a six. Yeah, you know, pretty sure mine was at an eight, and it's it's at a seven point five. But like like I said, like after after a week or so, I I was pretty down on it and now i'm kind of like back back up after having watched yeah that's it again, what's funny so. is like i had the same experience like after you watch it the second time it's funny that like you know the positives shine out a little bit more mm-hmm. um I, it, and it's but it's also interesting to me like how much the lows actually end up bothering you the more they think about or more you think about it or me at least hmm. uh, I, I didn't use that as in terms of you but i meant that in terms of just a person you yeah know? yeah um it's like, and that's that's a really, whenever like rewatching something that, um, whatever type of reaction you had about any movie or whatever, yeah. like rewatching it later, um, removed from you know some of the whether it's a hype type of a situation, yeah. or whether it's removed from like, oh, I've had time to think about hap- what happened and I'm gonna watch it again or whatever. Like I similar things happened with like gravity like i saw gravity like three or four times in, in imax theaters or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like i loved it the first time mm-hmm. but it's like i really didn't digest that much of what was what mm-hmm. was actually in there and then each subsequent time like was oh, a couple of weeks later mm-hmm. a couple of weeks later or whatever and uh and it got like elevated like better and better and yeah. better where it's like man i don't even like anything that i potentially would have thought was like a flaw on the first viewing i like either noticed things that like help that out or like the the things that were were meaningful became even more meaningful yeah. and the things that that were kind of what i considered maybe a uh, a detriment early on like they shrunk how often so it's interesting to how watch often that do you change. think your your school actual score would change though i don't know that my score would change that much i think my enjoyment of it changes based on my circumstances i think it depends on the movie and it depends yeah. so with the way the way the way we review whenever we review it like right after we see yeah. it um there are times where like I'll wake up the next day and be like, you know, oh man, you know, underrated that one probably, you know, or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and so like, you know, it, it happens both directions too. So and it's, it's like, that's why, that's why so many times like scores. Or you wake up and you're like, ah, I probably overrated that when it's like Power right. Rangers. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's why like scores, you know, are, are, are so 
interesting anyway. Yeah, well, like I, I'm, I'm, I think in this one though, this is a drastic scenario. I, I would say most of the time I, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't go back and change my rating on something. Most I mean, especially of the time. like I mean, that's like one point five, two points down. And, like, yeah, and again, was. I would be Mine's really, only like a half point. I mean, or this is so. you know, how many months later? Yeah. So, three months later. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So three months later, like again, like I wasn't even willing to gut reaction change my score probably you know weeks after yeah it's more like okay i have to be sure yeah that i legitimately do not agree with that score anymore yeah you know yeah um in order to change it it would be fun i think we talked about before going back oh we yeah could, we could do two different things we could just like have a list of the movies um and either we could either just just rescore them or we could try to guess what we had scored before uh well i mean i think i think also like I think uh, see how close they would be. Yeah, and we could do like a recurring segment of it because we've done so many that it's like we, you know, rather than a whole episode of it, maybe yeah. like break them out where it's like, hey, we'll take two or three this time, and then you know, next time we'll do, it. and maybe we'll do have it whenever we have guests on where yeah. they can guess too. So the thing is, we have, to, we have so. to have someone else pull those numbers than us, so we don't ah, see that's it. Interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. Well, that's why I think maybe if we have a guest on, like either have either them have it. them pull it or we pull it and yeah. then have them guess or something, or one so of us pulls is, it and have. Uh, this is this goes back to like. Uh, we've talked before. I wish we've been making. We would have had some kind of master list <laughs> that we've been making. Yeah, over for time. Movies. Well, we should do it moving forward, but we never. We, we haven't even started that. that. We never yeah. do it. We haven't, we haven't started that either. So <laughs> okay, next movie next week. We're reviewing That's Tomb right. Raider. That's right. We're gonna start the master list. I'm excited for that movie, by the way. Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, I love that game. Anyway, we're not gonna get into that. No, because we're already way far off in left field from where we want to be. We're we thirty. Four minutes, that what that says? 26. Dang it. <laughs> Both of those numbers I, are wrong. <laughs> the stigmatism, man. I can't see. Um, 26 minutes in? Oh, it's not as bad in. as I thought. I no, thought we were no. another 10 minutes in. That's good. I mean, but I still think it's time for the news! The news! All right, Chris, we've got a lot of news. Yeah, something something triggered a, a news item in a my news head. news item? What? Earlier. Uh, see, we have too much in already, so I, I I won't I won't dwell on that. So I say we could pull it next week, you no. know. Uh, so, but I do want to move on into like we were just talking about Star Wars. So let's just go ahead and get some Star Wars news out of the way. John Favreau is uh, directing the a live action television series for Star Wars. I would assume this is going on the streaming service. Uh, do you have this pulled up? Absolutely, it is. Um, and it's, so that's why they don't they don't call it a television show, which ah. is what well, kind of confused live me. Live action first, series so. or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So it says John Favreau to executive produce and write live action Star Wars series. Oh, he's not he's not directing it. Um, and so it says. I would assume he's directing at least the pilot. Lucasfilm is excited. That's usually how it works whenever you're like show run or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lucasfilm is excited to announce that Emmy nominated producer and actor John Favreau has signed on to executive produce and write a live action Star Wars series for Disney's new direct to consumer platform. Mm. So there's the streaming service. Um, Favreau is no stranger to the Star Wars galaxy, having played roles in both Star Wars The Clone Wars animated series and in the upcoming Solo, A Star Wars Story. Hmm. That's weird. Um, and there's some quotes from him. There's some quotes from Star maybe, maybe, Wars. Maybe uh, Happy shows up. I mean, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Like if we're talking like the 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 MCU is now the Star Wars universe yeah, as well. They're uh, merging the two. What if though? Hang on. <laughs> Here we go. What if he's just like he plays the same role but in Star Wars? Like where he's like he drives people around. He's like a bodyguard. He like you know. <laughs> That'd be funny. Some millionaire, or whatever. I don't know. 
be really funny if, if it was Robert Downey as well doing a cameo. That, that, oh man, okay, this is the thing. <laughs> Robert Downey can just show up at Star Wars and do whatever, and I don't care. I uh, love that man. I uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for this. It's just cool. It's yeah. uh, it's interesting to see them do a like a live action series, uh, television or not television, but live action show. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Also, this week is the Star Wars Rebels series finale. Now, right. no spoilers because I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it either. Me neither. I'm a couple episodes back. I'm. I think I stopped. I watched a few uh, in January or whatever. But I've, I'm not. I'm at that point. So. I have the whole season. Okay. And apparently, something happens in the next to last episode that potentially changes the entire Star Wars universe. So. It is my goal this weekend mm-hmm. to watch the entire season yeah, and catch up so we can talk about this. So here's what I, I started the process literally last night before we even talked about this. Um, I started watching because I was scrolling through a social media you see feed. A spoiler. No, I saw somebody say Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and they were like, that was such a good finale. Clone and Wars? I went like somebody was like, you mean Rebels? Yeah, sorry. Star Wars, uh, Rebels. That was such a good finale. And I was like, wait. I might encounter spoilers. Yeah. So on the off chance that something just happens to be spoiled, I like need to finish this as fast as possible. Well, I, like, which is not necessarily how I like usually end up on some of the shows like this. I think in order in order to um, this is one of those things that in order to intelligently talk about Star Wars anymore, we have to watch this. Yeah, and it's awesome because of what happened. I'm glad that uh, I'm I don't gl- know what happened. I just know something happened. I'm glad that this show. And, and it always has like enhanced the not only enhanced it yeah. but like has real weight to yeah. uh, to to the Star Wars universe because I think you know so many times like with like the the Netflix um, Marvel series or whatever oh, it just yeah. doesn't feel like they have the weight to the rest of the universe so it's like it's a it's a one way distinctly one way kind of interaction where it's like oh something the Avengers do affects the shows so something the Star Wars like the mainline Star Wars movies do affects the shows but like it's nice to see that the show can also affect the larger Star Wars universe so. yeah we'll build well once we watch that we'll review it at some point here I'm excited to talk about it that's right yeah. Other news, Chris. Mm. You want to move into some video game news? Sure. Um, or some Funko Pop news. Actually, let's do Funko Pop news first. All right. So there's some sad Funko Pop news um, for the um, Disney Treasures, for the uh, Marvel Collectors Core, for the DC Legion of Collectors. Collectors. Yep. And then um, was there one more? Star Wars. Smuggler's yes, Bounty. Star, Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty. I literally have those boxes sitting right up there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but they are ending those services. Yep. Uh, These so, were the mystery pop boxes that would show up every couple months and have a variety of... Uh, they wouldn't just show up. You would buy them. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. That, they released them every two months. You would buy them, 30 bucks. Uh, they usually have like a clothing item, like a t-shirt or a hat or a scarf or some socks and then some pop in it with um uh like exclusive pops yeah maybe usually like like early on it was always a pin in a patch sometimes they swap those out for some other things and yeah there's always like some other extra bonus thing in there yeah awesome i loved them i'm super bummed that they're ending they said in their place that they are partnering with a an exclusive retailer to uh, to release these yeah so release like some exclusives and things like that I, like to me like i don't know if that means like i don't think it's gonna be because they said that with all of them. Um, I don't know that 
it's going to be like a bi-monthly thing anymore. I think it's more like, hey, we just have mystery boxes, branded mystery boxes, like Star Wars mystery boxes, Marvel mystery boxes, um, Disney mystery boxes, and DC mystery boxes. Yeah. And like, I, in some ways, I find that is appealing, right? You know, where it's like, oh, let's... You know, I don't know, like, cause also for for Christmas time, like we there was a a box with a uh, that we bought you oh, yeah. as a Target exclusive, yep, and it had like an exclusive, uh, what was it, the uh, Hulk, the Hulk, yep. M T shirt in there, and, and uh, an ex- exclusive variant of uh of the the Thor Ragnarok Hulk, yeah, and um, uh, that was the only place you could get it. I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like maybe something like that was testing the waters for, hey, could a pop box of some kind work at retail? Um and sell better than the pop boxes because like what's funny is they've you know they would always sell the pop boxes after the fact but um they'd always have some left over because right. you know like you you they would sell them up until when they would ship them so like you'd pre sell them which means you already have to be manufacturing them at that point right and so by the time um they end up uh, shipping the box okay well maybe we have however many left over so like you could always like you could just as a subscriber mm-hmm. quote unquote you could bypass boxes that they had extras of right eventually they if, i think they sold most of them but i mean who wants to have just a, a bunch of a bunch of product just sitting around in a warehouse somewhere right you know? well i mean and they're assuming all of the risks themselves yeah. rather than a retailer assuming it because like right. you think about a retailer like the you know target or somebody yeah. they'll buy a certain number of right. of these boxes from funko based on funko, how many they think they'll sell right and funko yeah. manufactures them then they send them to target even if they don't sell them at target target's going to discount them to clearance in Unless there's some sort of like a weird buyback program or yeah. something like that between Funko, but like in the case of these uh, these smugglers bounty boxes, that's directly from Funko, right? Um, and so Funko is literally just sitting there with like probably warehouses full of these things yeah. for a while, and they're like, well, we are assuming all of the risk here, and if we can put that onto a retailer, it would probably be more beneficial. Of course, they're making more money on them because they don't have to have a retailer take a cut or anything like that. So, right. you know, they can offer more potentially in the boxes, uh, yeah. more value. But well, the thing I don't is, know. Yeah, unless well, – and this is the thing I would always run into is like, well, you know, number one, I like um, most of these boxes. So, like, I really like Star Wars, I like Marvel, I like DC. So, But I don't have 90 bucks to drop every, you know, couple months or whatever. Um, I mean, I, I – <laughs> I could, I just don't want to, you know what I yeah. mean? Oh yeah. So what I was doing more often than not is either if it was a a, a, a theme that I was super pumped for, yeah, you know, I would um I would buy it, but if not, I would wait and see what it was and then try to subscribe and then buy buy the like past boxes. Yeah. So you know, it's just not a good model, I don't think, in terms of making money. They were exciting. I loved the mystery of yeah. it, but sometimes yeah. Like I think that kept me from buying ones I normally would, like the Hoth box, you know, for yeah. instance, that had Han Solo on a Tauntaun. Um, I didn't; they didn't have any of those left over, and I should have bought it whenever it was out. And but that's what you, the risk that you run, mm-hmm. um, not knowing what's in there. Right, they probably right. would have sold way more of that if they had told me what's in there. Right, and by the time you kind of know what's in there, you know, potentially they're they're either sold out or yeah. like whatever. You know, there, yeah. there's all, all sorts of things that that would happen uh, throughout. The process of those boxes, um, sometimes sizes of T-shirts and things like that. You know, it's like yeah, I had to. Be out of your I, size. I had to wait to subscribe at a large or whatever. Yeah. So that was weird. Anyway, so that's a bummer, but also understandable. Yep. Um, so let's move to some video game news. Nintendo. 
had a Nintendo Direct today. That's correct. Chris, this was almost E3 come early. Today was. Yeah, like there's so much. There's number one, a lot of leaks. Um, and then we had a Nintendo Direct, which was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I literally thought that it was just going to be the Nintendo Direct. But then uh, I think Jason Schreier tweeted out like, hey, I'm hearing some other things that are going to happen today. Yeah. It's going to be a big news day. And then other things happen. But first, on to the Nintendo. We're going to kind of do this kind of quickly just to hit the hit list and highlight the big things. Um, there's a few things probably for 3DS that I won't talk about just because I've kind of, you know, not something that really like struck me as like, oh, I yeah. really want to yeah. get into this. So these are the things that were the important highlights. to us. Uh, Okami HD is coming to the Nintendo Switch this summer. There's a lot of things that are happening on the Switch this summer. Um, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, uh, which we already knew was coming, is coming on May 18th, so, Ooh, so pretty soon. Um, which which one is that? That one is a Zelda-themed uh, Musou game, so it's like a kind of a horde-based thing where you're mm. defending the castle, and oh, okay. man, they're attacking that side of the castle. Let me run over there and hack everybody apart. And you can play as a lot of different uh, characters from the Zelda franchise and different... Um, I think there's like a Breath of the Wild skin on Link, and okay. there's other games within that series. So um, then we have... Something for 3DS. The only thing really for 3DS that struck me was uh, Luigi's Mansion remake coming Ooh, to 3DS. Weird. Uh, that is very strange. Like it's strange that it's coming to 3DS rather than Switch because I would really love it on Switch. It was a GameCube game, and honestly, uh, yeah, this is the thing though. I feel like the the GameCube graphics are closer to 3DS graphics than Switch. You'd have to do a lot of work to get that looking good on switch definitely and then also the sequel to the uh, the original uh, luigi's mansion was on 3ds mm. so you figure like maybe they like they could just port it over fairly easily same engine or whatever um i feel like i kind of want to play that i i really enjoyed i never uh, played it the sequel so on the uh on the gamecube i hear that the original was better than the sequel and the sequel was really fun so i busted out my um my 3ds the other day nice dusted it off I want to. I still need to finish. There's one uh, Fire Emblem game uh, that I want to finish, which I actually thought we were going to hear from that game today, but we did not. Mm. So I suppose that one's an E3 thing. Um, the next announcement was the Mario Tennis Aces release date. That is coming June 22nd. Okay. Um, so that's another summer thing. Uh, we've also got some third party stuff. Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is coming to Nintendo Switch. Really? PC and Xbox One. So it came to PS4 earlier. I guess it was the uh, summer of last year. And then now it's coming to all of the other platforms uh, this year on July 10th. That's nuts. That's really That's crazy. Cool. They announced that in the, in the Nintendo Direct? Yes, they did. Weird. Yeah, very strange. Uh, and then we have Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, uh, which was a Wii U game, really uh, well-liked Wii U game, um, is coming to Switch and 3DS okay. on July 13th. So another summer thing. Um, that that game is a kind of a puzzle game with uh, where you play the role of, of Toad and you kind of run around looking for coins and things like that or, and uh, uh, to deliver back to Mario or whatever. Mm. So, um, whatever you do with them, Just do um, Mario's bidding because like he shows up like Treasure Tracker actually shows up in Odyssey at, like you find him in random places in, in all the levels where he's like, hey, I've been adventuring, found this for you, <laughs> and he gives you like a star. And so yeah, anyway, that's uh, this is this is the backstory to that. All course. right, this is how cool. he finds the stars. That's great. <laughs> super i was wondering about that project octopath traveler is releasing july 13th this looks great this great game looks great it's gorgeous yeah it's a kind of a hardcore rpg um and uh there's a demo available on your switch right you now need so to send this to me afterwards so i can put them in the calendar absolutely all right um but that's july 13th so literally like, all of these things have been in the summer so far 
Um, yeah, that's kind of weird that they're piling there. Well, this is the thing. Some of them just say summer. I feel like some of those could get delayed. That's true. Or potentially be talking about late <laughs> summer, like August or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So, um, South Park, the fractured but whole is confirmed for Nintendo Switch. Dude, that's awesome. This is a game. So, um, loved South Park, The Stick of Truth. I played that on the 360. Um, and um, I wanted to do the fractured but whole, but I just haven't like made it a priority had time yeah but if this is on the switch i can play this on the go quick bursts it's an rpg i feel like those lend themselves to to uh handhelds anyway sometimes if they're not like a you know open world rpg if this is right. just like a um i mean this is this is a a more of a traditional rpg i mean even like open world rpg i think about like zelda if it was an rpg or true something, i mean you know? yeah zelda and, and skyrim's on there so I mean, xenoblade chronicles like that's an open world rpg yeah. but it's i'm I, just saying like i am more apt to want to play an open world game on my television although i say that and i freaking love playing <laughs> zelda on, as a handheld so i know it's crazy Chris. switch is an anomaly it is um but that's actually coming very soon april 24th that's awesome um, and then the next thing, Undertale, which was a much beloved game on PC like two or three years ago. Yeah, I feel like this is an older game. It definitely is an older game, but it is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Um, it doesn't say a date, so we have no idea when. Okay. Um, but Undertale is is headed to the Switch. Mm. Um, Little Nightmares is announced for the Nintendo Switch. And uh, let me see. This is another third-party thing. Let me see. I'm trying to figure out. It's been previously released. Uh, this is just the Switch version. It's going to be the complete version with DLC. Um, yeah. And the next thing, Splatoon 2 is actually getting an expansion. Uh, Single-player DLC, uh, which it, it changes like the story from being about the Inklings to about the Octolings. So you oh. change sides of the battle, I think. Interesting. Um, and then once you finish the campaign, you can then uh, customize your character to play in multiplayer as an Octoling instead nice. of an Inkling. So right. it gives you, well, if you finish the campaign, it gives you this incentive for the multiplayer, which is cool. That's cool. Um, I will definitely be diving back into that um, whenever it comes out. Did you finish the campaign? I had I'm like halfway through it. Okay. It's fun. Um, it's just I I, I think the uh, the Mario plus rabbits came out while I was uh-huh. in the middle of it, and that kind of just dominated my interest yeah. on that. So yeah. and I haven't gone back. Um, I hope that it's something. Maybe I'll do it before this comes out. But I hope that it's something that I haven't lost the skill to be able to do. You yeah. know how that happens sometimes yeah. with because plat- it's kind of like a platformer, um, a shooter kind of platformer. Um, yeah. Anyway, so then let me see. The last thing is also the biggest thing. Mm. Super Smash Brothers yes. for Nintendo Switch has been confirmed. That's amazing. Did we talk about this on the podcast yet? Or we no, talked we about how it would be awesome. I think it was uh, yeah. I think it was in some of our like last week whenever we were talking about the Switch like looking forward, we were oh, saying that this yeah, was rumored. there's some rumors, yeah. So yeah, dude. Okay, so when is it coming out? It does not have a date, but no, I would okay. imagine fall. So it says 2018 coming oh, okay. this year. 2018. Um and do we know if this is a remake or a brand new we don't version. know. They just say Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo Switch. So it could be like some sort of like a a, a, a point five edition because they do have some new characters that they displayed, like the mm. the Octolings from uh or the Inklings oh, from man. Splatoon are involved in it, um as well as a potential Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild link. Oh, um, that'd be cool. And so yeah, so we don't know if this is a a new game or if it's like the uh, Wii U version yeah. ported over with like a deluxe version like Mario Kart was. Right. I would assume it's probably that because they yeah. usually have a really long development cycle on Super Smash. Bros. I mean, like I, I don't mind that. I mean, this is the thing. Who played? I mean, okay, I know, I know one person 
uh, Fultron, he had uh, Smash Brothers on Wii U. But like, I don't know even know anyone else who had a Wii U. Yeah, actually, I do. I know one other person who had a Wii U. <laughs> Chris, just you know, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna you, stop saying things. Stop saying like you like universal like blanket mm-hmm. statements, and then true. Then be like, wait, I a shouldn't. Yeah, I shouldn't be using such. Um, uh, definitive statements right now you know very few people i know very few people that's a better i know very few people who even had a wii u and even fewer that had smash brothers that's right so yeah dude it's a uh <laughs> i feel like it's such a weird statement you can go and you go make the blanket statements that you want chris okay <laughs> the uh but yeah that's gonna be happening i'm excited for that um it like the trailer that they had was very exciting. I watched it a second ago. So it's it's for Smash. Yeah, for Smash. It's really it's cool. And uh, I love Smash. I'm excited for it, man. I, yeah. I really enjoy Super Smash Brothers, dude. So cool. That's the Nintendo news. Um, there's some other gaming news. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's run through this. First, Black Ops Four has been announced. That's right, Chris. <laughs> Spelled with four eyes, Roman numeral eyes, four. Um, they were catching a lot, of, a lot of flack online for it not being Roman numerals. Stupid. That's why. Well, and I, I no think, one has ever in the history of numbers numbered something like this, right? But where their logo has always been like just straight up like bars, sure. And so they're just continuing. So that. are you saying that you are more important than the number system? No, I'm saying that they probably wanted to have <laughs> a copyright on their logo, oh, and bro. rather than it being a Roman numeral. <laughs> I don't know though. Weird. I know it's it's very strange, Chris. <laughs> I I am equally. I find it. I find it unsettling to like. Look I would at. find it easier if they put like a an I through a V, the middle of a V. That would be more. I mean, sure, you could copyright that, and that would be more accurate. It's true. I mean, I again, I don't necessarily like how the four bars like look as well. Yeah. But it's like I I understand why they would have done something completely Welcome different. Welcome to Logo Design Cast. Also. <laughs> Staying on logos. It's really funny because it's like uh, they're getting more buzz about it because That's the true. logo is strange. Oh, no. So it's like, is that a strategy? Yeah. So I'm excited about this. Um, I uh, I still haven't picked up um, Call of Duty World War II, mm-hmm. which I need to do that um, and play through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited. <laughs> it's I've had a weird, weird experience with the Call of Duty Black Ops franchise. Like, Black Ops One was good, and I think I think overall was the most well-rounded yes um, installment in this franchise. Black Ops Two, however, was my is it's that was my favorite multiplayer mm-hmm. in any game ever. Yeah, so much fun, so good. Um, ha, Both like, the zombies as well as the zombies uh, as well as multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Black Ops Three. Well, but the campaign in the two, campaign in two was the worst. Was was yeah. And here's the thing: I'm going to say I didn't finish Black, it. Black Ops Three. I can't even remember the campaign. So Black Ops Three. I don't know if we finished the campaign. No, we didn't finish there. the campaign in Advanced Warfare because oh, we were right. working through that's the right. like realistic mode, which we, I would love to go back and finish. I actually did play play through. I don't remember what happened in Black Ops Three though. I don't either. like it. Just didn't make an impact with me. Yeah, it's weird that it didn't make an impact with me at all with this story because I can't even remember so many of the other. other I moments. feel like wasn't Black Ops Three the first time that they introduced like the jump packs and the exoskeletons and all that kind of stuff. <sighs> yes. In the series, yeah. Well, maybe not in this. Well, yes, I, think, I mean, that let's, sounds let's right. look it up. I think Ghost was right. It was the year before, right? Right. Yep. Which Ghost was like was on the ground, but it was, uh, but it was definitely 
future. Because so we've had, we've had ghosts, still, still not exoskeleton. We've had ghosts, and then we had Black Ops Three, and then we had um, Advanced Warfare. Advan- Advanced Warfare. Uh, then Infinite Warfare. Infinite Warfare. Yes, and now we're back to Black Ops Four again. Well, then we had World War Two. Oh crap! Well, who are we missing? Because that's too many developers. We okay, have so there's three. There's three developers. Yes. There's Infinity Ward, which did Ghosts. Yep. As well Treyarch. as and there's Treyarch who did right? who did Black Ops Three right and then Sledgehammer, Sledgehammer that did which did Advanced Warfare and then Infinite Warfare we're missing some I'm gonna uh, let me look this up okay yeah yeah we're screwing this up somehow this uh, this timeline I feel like those games are right I just don't know if the developers did we add another developer in there at one point I think we must no not 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 added one i think we have the order of who developed what wrong or maybe the order of them wrong yeah i think that's where we're because we're, we're they're on a three-year development cycle now right all right oh man no they're they're ranking how good they are not the timeline <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is all oh, out of order how good they are um here's the wikipedia this will be right um all right wikipedia so... is never wrong <laughs> it's the group think man <laughs> Have you ever like looked at the edits on a oh uh, yeah on these things like sometimes it's like they'll change like one word and they'll be like oh man <laughs> really wanted to edit that like it takes so much to edit a page though yeah so but people do all the time all right so we have Call of Duty Ghosts okay which was developed by Infinity Ward right we have Call of Duty Advanced Warfare which was after that oh wait yeah Advanced really? Warfare was Sledgehammer by Sledgehammer games. Okay. and that was yeah so like I said I think we had the order wrong then Call of Duty Black Ops Three okay so Advanced Warfare was whenever they introduced the exoskeletons yep and then uh, Infinite Warfare which was Infinity Ward again okay that was two years ago uh huh and then Call of Duty World War Two which was Sledgehammer games again. okay so like I said we had the the right games wrong order and then yeah. now we now have Black that Ops makes 4. sense. So, yeah. Well, I, it bothers me. I can't remember the Black Ops 3 campaign. Uh, agreed. I'm going to have to read a synopsis pretty much right after the podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, I'm I'm excited about it. This is the thing. Call of Duty's kind of fallen off my radar in, in recent years. And for all accounts, World War II is fantastic and I need to play it. Um, you know, when faced with things like Fortnite, that's taken a lot of my time. And, you know, Destiny before that, it's like. It's it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to to add another multiplayer um, game to my list. And if I'm not going to play the multiplayer, then it's a big ask for me to you know pay sixty bucks for a game. I will also for, say with a, with a four hour campaign, the developers know. that have made the last two Call of Duties, yeah, have not like the previous two that they had developed. So Advanced Warfare mm-hmm. and. Um, and uh oh, ghosts like i was not super into both of those like how those games felt like they were definitely felt like they were they were not as polished as the treyarch developed games and so that kind of like made I mean, me not really both of those feel campaigns were better than black ops 2 though oh of course but even the, just on the multiplayer aspect oh, because the, cam- the multiplayer okay. yeah, like the campaign I like campaign. i can play the campaigns and like oh yeah like regardless like yeah. those kind of feel like they're separate or but the longevity of like i'm gonna pick up this game day one is i'm picking it up for the multiplayer yeah definitely i mean yeah you're right the the, the multiplayer in the black ops series that treyarch does is has been the best multiplayer out of all of the the games we just mentioned yeah um, so i think like a couple developers like a sledgehammer and uh, infinity ward they have a miss yeah. and then i immediately i'm kind of like ah, less excited well, for their next what, game what i'd love for them to do like I 
I, I honestly, I fell off of Call of Duty hard whenever they started doing the exoskeleton stuff. And that's what intrigues me about World War II, and I think that's what a lot of people have liked about World War II, is the return to classic kind of, this is why we played Call of Duty kind of multiplayer. I think they termed it boots on the ground. Boots on the ground, yeah. <laughs> sure. I think they said it a cliche. thousand times in their stream. Uh, so our boots are back on the ground. I don't I don't know if they're back on the ground for Call of Duty 4, though. Well, I hope. To... You mean uh, Black Ops 4? Yeah, sorry, Black yeah. Ops 4. I, I mean, I, I hope they are because that's like it, if it, this could be a more more like Black Ops Two multiplayer than Black Ops Three or Advanced or Infinite Warfare, yeah. like man, that'd be amazing. Be amazing. I'm I'm all over that. Yep. Well, and then the zombies aspect of it too, because like Treyarch is the one who started the whole zombies trend, and yeah. so to uh, to hand you know to go back into that, I'm excited for that too. That side of it. Yeah. Um, we'll find out more uh, later this month um, whenever they have their reveal. Yeah, what were those dates that you... Let me, let me find out their reveal thing. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the actual release date, they moved it up. Normally, it's in November. It's actually in October this year, which is crazy. It's uh, October 12th. Speaking of things that will uh, take your time away from Call of Duty, Chris, yeah. there's a game that comes out mere, a mere two weeks later. Yep. That will be taking yeah. vast majorities of our well, time. Away I, from honestly, it. I think that's why they're why they're there. Like they're so they're coming out October twelfth, and um, Red Dead Redemption comes out two weeks later. That gives them a good two week window. I, this is the thing. Like I don't know that like the <coughs> I don't think the audience is the same for both those games necessarily. You know. Uh, but dude, it's a Rockstar game, so you wonder if the audience is yeah, just for sure. Like for a Rockstar game, the audience is pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, with the amount of like copies that that GTA sold like day one, whenever it first came out, um, GTA Five, it was ridiculous. And then for them to continue ongoing sales, like there's even more people playing that game now than there were back then. So I don't know, man. It honestly makes me wonder if um, either Activision has another game that they're going to put out in November, or if they have. Like they've caught wind of some other kind of like plan by another game developer to release something in November. You also wonder. So Battlefield is supposed to be this year as well. It's their turn for uh, yeah. for EA. And so last time we had a Battlefield go up against a Call of Duty um, in it was it, it was Hardline. Well, no, no, Wasn't it was uh, oh it Battlefield was, One. Sorry, yeah. right. And then also uh, respawns uh, Titanfall Two came out, and then that yeah. same time. So, and I think that potentially with that Battlefield as well as as well as the uh, the respawn thing, there was a dip in sales. Yeah. It also depends on like, well, was that because of that, or was it because more like people just weren't into it, um, into that game? So I don't know. Like they could potentially be trying to move it up to get away from what would potentially be a Battlefield. That's it. true. Dude, I hope they do Battlefield Bad Company 3. Be wild. That'd be fantastic. That's my favorite Battlefield franchise. The rumor is that it's going to be in World War II. <laughs> Gosh. Um, so, so it's like Battlefield 2. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So like, yeah, Battlefield 2. That would probably be the better like financial decision. <laughs> <laughs> but not company. what I want. I know, I know. Too bad it just can't like do whatever we want, man. Because yeah. you know they can't just cater to us as gamers. Personally, just just us. Yeah. yeah, where it's like this is literally Call of Duty, Chris. <laughs> Be totally fine with that. <laughs> uh, another weird piece of gaming news. Mm. Um, before we dive into the other big like shocker, um, we had uh, Fortnite Battle Royale announced for 
iOS and Android. Yep. So here's my uh, my hot take on this, John. Yeah. Super cool. Going to play Fortnite on my phone. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know how it's going to work, bro. I don't know how it's going to work either. Probably going to stop a lot of battery life, but who cares? I can play it on the go. <laughs> Would rather play it on the Switch, but they haven't announced that yet, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Could possibly happen in the future. That's the rumor, and if it's going to run on your phone, it it will be able to run on a Switch. Here's what I have an issue with. So in this announcement, they announced that partnering with Sony, this is going to be cross-play on iOS, Android, PC, and PS4, completely locking out the Xbox from any of that. Any cross-play. Probably in retaliation for the exclusivity deal that Microsoft signed with PUBG, which is a very similar game, as we've discussed before. And... Uh, Makes me, uh, makes me. I, I just want all the games to be available everywhere except for first party games. Keep yeah. your first party games. Yeah, that's fine. Stop making these stupid third party deals. Okay, that lock people out from content. I'll, I'll say this. Okay, so I understand from the perspective of like this game has not released on any console, and the developers like we can't focus on more than one console at a time. Sure, and. A console we, manufacturer is going to pay us lots of money to put it on their console first. Yes, like, right? like Cuphead. I, I get that, right? Yeah. In this case, this game is already on all the consoles, Yeah. save for the Switch, but that, again, rumored to be coming. Um, but it's already on the consoles, but all you're doing is locking out the crossplay, which mm -hmm. is adding to this drama of like Xbox. Of Sony not wanting to do crossplay. Exactly. And it's and Sony has said before, like, we don't want to do crossplay, but they're doing crossplay in this situation, but not with Xbox One, which what is if, really frustrating. Because Xbox if, One, like Phil Spencer has been like, hey, anytime Sony wants to do this, yeah. I'm in. What if um what if Microsoft it's not like get some kind of deal where they could cross play with Switch. I in the end, I don't even <laughs> I don't even know, dude. It's all of the shenanigans. I wish they would just stop with the shenanigans. Yeah, it's stupid. All of the uh, the weird like shenanigans of, of exclusivity and stuff like that. Like I'm with you. Where it's like, hey, if the developer was like, hey, I'm going to put this on consoles. I'm going to put it on both at the same time. That's awesome. But if they were only planning on putting it on one and one of those manufacturers wanted to pay them money for it, again, I'm fine with that because it expedites that process of putting it on any console. This is the thing. I have all the consoles. You have all the consoles. It's true. We can play this on PS4 if we want to. That's true. I prefer to play games on my Xbox. Yeah. I like the controller better. Yeah. I like the ecosystem better. Mm -hmm. I like the UI better. I, most of my friends are there. Mm -hmm. Like, I let will. me play the games I want to play there. That's right. Except for, th I don't, I don't want to, I don't need to play Mario on my Xbox. I don't need to play God of War on my Xbox. I... I don't need to play Halo on my PS4. Exactly. No, I don't. Um... Just let me play the games that I like <laughs> and don't lock me out from features just because I choose to play on the platform of my choice. Yeah. It's not, this isn't present in any other industry. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, AMC is the exclusive rights to this movie. Yeah, you don't go to an AMC theater and see a different movie. <laughs> Than the people who, who go to a Regal theater. <laughs> or see the same movie but with like different scenes because it's a different feature set. You yeah. Know? Or like, even like or even like, hey, I watched this on a Roku uh, a Roku device versus um, a Samsung device. Yeah, the so home I DVD obviously market. saw a different cut of the movie. No. 
when you download a tale of two cities onto your kindle or on your nook you don't get two different versions of the book it's 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 insane (laughs) what if you did that'd be so funny the closest thing is whenever it's like hey you know hey this taylor swift album if you buy it at target you get two extra songs versus you know somewhere else which i i also hate that because it means that i have to buy an actual cd i i have more of an issue with the fact it's a cd than the, the exclusivity deal but but it's still like you you can still take that disc and play it on any mp3 player you yeah, import, or not sorry any cd player you want well and you can import it into your itunes yes. and like it's there then it's there yeah get it on your all your other devices yeah i get it i get it i hope at some point in our lifetime <laughs> everyone just gives up on this whole endeavor <laughs> so it's so funny because like it has to work otherwise oh, they wouldn't stop like they wouldn't keep doing about it about how it works like we, i think i feel like we talked about this last week didn't we i don't know i don't know we talked about it sometime recently maybe, maybe it was whenever fultron was here it has on our to 250th, work 250th whenever we were talking about like Hey, the advertising and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, it has definitely has to work, girls. They wouldn't do it. it I just, just wish it didn't work. <laughs> stop. I don't even know how to fight it. No, there's no how way, do you, Chris. How do you fight it? There's no way to fight it. You just, like, as a consumer, you have to do what's best for you as a consumer, and then that's that's what it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's the, that's, that's the hot take on that. The uh, on to happier news. The division two has been announced. Okay, so um, I think this is pretty cool. What's happening? So in um, they've announced the division two. It's going to come out. Do they say later this year? I uh, don't know if they've released any details. Okay, so it's coming out. <laughs> we, I'm not, oh okay. yeah. So no, I'm not even thing. sure no. that this was supposed to be announced. Today. Yeah, no, I think it was leak. Uh, so this is the thing. It's a uh, they announced they, a roadmap. Um, in Destiny, sorry, in the Division One, that basically takes us to um, the Division Two. I don't know why this is not loading on our Discord server. Right? Oh, there it is. Okay, so the the road ahead takes us through September oh. in the Division One, oh. and in in that looks like the last four months there are there's like specific gear that mm. you can pick up that will unlock in the division two yes um that you can unlock with by doing performing they said achievements in division one whatever that means like probably just you know objectives probably your standard like go take out this many bosses yeah i mean who knows you know yeah something like that um so we assume this like if, if this goes through september and maybe october I see. My thing is, Chris, if it comes out dropping, this year, are we dropping Call of Duty, The Division Two, and Red Dead in the same month? That's my thought. Is that if they're trying to beat Red Dead to market because it's a third-person game, these are both third-person games. Like you said, like the market Open for Call games. of Duty and uh, uh, the Red Dead Redemption Two are yeah. not the same, right? This but, is closer. But this is way closer, being a third-person action game. Yeah. Um, with shooting mechanics. In Open both. world game. Yeah. And so you would assume either they're going to try to beat it out to market, or yeah. my prediction would be it's either going to come out early October, yeah, or it's going to come out next year. Um, so early yeah. next year, like a similar time slot to where the uh, Division One released um, back in the day. So that would have been like February or March. I'm excited about this. So like, there's, um, I th- I hope that they're careful. And learned from the mistakes that 
Bungie made with Destiny 2. Um, it feels like they have, like, since Division 1 in, like, since I left Division 1 and stopped playing, I've gotten back into it a little bit recently, um, but they've changed the game a ton. Like, they've, done, they've updated a lot of things, a, little, a lot of systems. The end game is actually rewarding this time around. It's, yeah. it's a little complex, but it's actually, like, uh, it takes away the gear hoarding aspect of it that I feel like you kind of got, we kind of got into mm-hmm. at the end of the division. Yeah. Um, and, one. and it was a little bit as someone who has that tendency to like in it, like my digital like outfits and stuff like that, I want to keep them like it, it definitely well, encouraged they, that behavior. Yeah. Well, they fixed a lot of that stuff. Like yeah. a lot of that, like, so now like, you know, clothing doesn't take up inventory slots. And all right. That stuff. You know, it's like they, they, I mean, honestly, this is a completely different game. It's kind of like destiny one. With like Destiny One at the end was a drastically different game than the end of Destiny or the 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 beginning of Destiny One. So like three years before, right? Same kind of thing with the Division. Like this is a drastically different game, um, which is great. Yeah, they need to carry that over to Destiny Two, and and not just completely uh, Division Two. Sorry, Div- the Division Two. Why do they both start with the letter D <laughs> and E? No, wait. No. Division is not spelled with an E. <laughs> <laughs> D. Like we used to abbreviate Destiny One and Two as D One and D Two. Same thing like, here. Oh well, yeah, what are we gonna do now? Uh, anyway, I uh, yeah, they need to learn from the mistakes, make the game better, not different. Now, I want to I want to kind of briefly branch off. I have a quote, by the way. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I have a quote from creative. This is for the division. Okay. Creative director Julian Garrity has said that the sequel will take quote everything we learned over the past two years and applying it toward the sequel to make sure we get it right. Sure, I End think quote. I think Bungie said that around the same thing. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Yes. What was the main driving force behind the reason that you played destiny one. I would say twofold. Okay. First was unique gameplay experiences with friends. Okay. And then the second was personal achievement in the form of loot and whenever they introduced those books, like it was yeah, yeah filling out was, those yeah. books. So it was like personal achievement based. Achievement based. Yeah. What was what's what's your motivation for playing Destiny Two? The first one is still true, like the unique uh, experiences with friends. Yeah. Um, but that only really gets you so far. Yeah. Um, where like once you've done everything and done it multiple times, it's like hey, okay, well, what am I doing? Uh-huh. Um. I'm not talking necessarily in the end game, not now, because we're not playing it. What, right. What was your driving force between for the rest of it? I'd say still, still the uh, the unique experiences with friends, and then the, getting the like gear and shaders that I wanted. Really? Um, really, like because with the uh, the Iron Banner and things like that, like I needed, I wanted that Iron Banner set really badly, so I did it. Once I got it, I was like, none of the other sets look this cool, so I'm done. <laughs> See, for me, I think. Like I'm talking about the, the actual time I spent playing it, not not whenever I was trying to make the end game be Destiny One's end game again. Yeah, yeah. I think like I agree with you on the first. Like Destiny One was about 
uh, multiplayer, playing with friends, and getting loot. Destiny 2 was about multiplayer, playing with friends, and story. That's why I think the first... Yeah, definitely story. I mean, like, the campaign is way more robust, so they train you in the campaign where they didn't in Destiny 1 that, hey, the most the driving force here is the story. It's narrative, yeah. Narrative. And whenever you get done with the, the, the main campaign and you do the raid, there's, a, like, a big story behind that, like, like akin to this Taken King. I think that was the first time we had, like, a... a an actual like narrative where it felt like there was a narrative within the um, the the raid, um, and then they continued that with Wrath of the Machine. We get on with that, and then the fir- the first DLC drops, and it's like this is the worst story I have almost ever played in a first person shooter, where you basically don't get to, don't don't get to do any of the cool things. You mm-hmm. just hear about the cool things. Mm. And you're just running through these weird, like, randomly generated areas. Mm-hmm. And none of this feels like it drives anything. Sure, you're getting some loot, and there's, like, these different guns, but you, they haven't trained you to go after that gear. You still have, only have that, like, desire because we knew what Destiny 1 was like. Yeah, and I guess, like, so with, with Destiny 1, like, part of the cool... Like, part of why you wanted to achieve a certain gun or whatever was because of the lore behind it. Yeah. And that was usually tied to the locations and, like, to the raids. Or the things you... Think about the sleeper stimulant. Like, the way that you would unlock that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the fact that, like, hey, you could only get the Gal... Or not the Galhorn. You could only get, like, Sins of the Past from... Wait, is that in Destiny 2? You yes, you could from... only you could only get certain drops, <laughs> like the mythical class. You can only get yeah. that in Atheon, you yeah. know, in the the first raid, Vault of Glass. Um, and so they created these kinds of like you would want you would go for these specific guns. The uh, what was the one? What was the one I always loved? The scout rifle. Uh, not Atheon's epilogue. It's the auto the rifle. Auto rifle, or which I loved as well. The Void Auto Rifle. Because there was the Fatebringer from that one, too. Fatebringer was in that there. That was a hand cannon. Yep. Uh, Vision of Confluence. Vision of Confluence. The best gun in the game. Best gun in any game I've ever played. Uh, Vision of Confluence was only in Vault of Glass, you know? So, like, they created these these behaviors where you would continually grind a specific activity. And I'm not saying I even love the grind sometimes. Yeah. Um, I just think that... Whenever we're looking back at the Division 2 versus the Division 1, they changed the objective. They changed the type of game it was to where the end game wasn't really about loot. We wanted to pretend it was about loot. And so whenever it didn't fulfill that yeah, that desire, then it's like, well, I'm out, you know? Yeah, and they changed a lot. Like, there's a lot of things that they changed about it um, that that – if you hadn't played Destiny 1, like, you wouldn't have even maybe noticed, like, mm-hmm. with the shaders and with, like, Eververse being the only place that you can really get these, like, cosmetic kind of items, whether it's a sparrow or whether it's a ghost or whatever. But I think, like, I have friends that, that only played Destiny 2 that dropped off. Like, I think they got bored. I also think it's, like, it's, too. it's it's that type of game, though. It's nothing to go because, for at that point. Because, like, you, you mentioned with the narrative, like, whenever I think about a game... Um, a game that is also narrative driven, like so. For example, Tomb Raider, yeah. which, we, which we'll be reviewing the movie or whatever next yeah. week. But that story, once it was over, it was done. Like yeah. I closed the book on it, you know, deleted it from my console. You know, I was done. Whereas, like, if you're, you know, if I'm looking at Destiny Two, it's like that's the kind of game that I have right now on it. And it's like while 
Destiny 1 did incentivize me to ride the ups and the downs, the peaks and the valleys more than Destiny 2 is. I also think at the time of Destiny 1, there was no other game like it. There's no other live game like that where True. it's like this is on consoles anyway, that this is like a, a universe that you kind of just exist in. And now you have so many options for that type of game still, like with what the division is doing um, with things like even like Monster Hunter World right now is like they're doing like live events every single week and stuff. So even with those games, like there's so many more places to put that time that Destiny 2 focusing back on narrative kind of in, inadvertently made it more like a Tomb Raider or like a Uncharted yeah. or something like that, where it's yeah. like, this is a narrative game. Once you're done with the narrative, once you're done with this content, you close the book on it and I'll come back whenever they update it. I mean, you the, know? Yeah. The, the thing I agree with all that, the thing that like made me start thinking this way is I was like, why did I fall off of the division one? And it was because once we hit the end game, th like what intrigued me about the division was the story. Yeah. For and, me, it was the world a lot of yeah, times. Yeah. And the world. But like, but once you've gone, once, once I've once walked it, every street, you know, then what does it matter at that point? You know, like, and they didn't give us any kind of like, hey, there's, because now there's all these world tiers, there's all this loot, there's all, and like now the end game is kind of like Destiny 1, where it's like, okay, cool. I'm, it's okay now that we've shifted. Like mm -hmm. the game isn't about story anymore, yeah. it's about loot. Yeah. You know, now, but back then it wasn't. So you fall off, you drop right. off. Right. And maybe Destiny 2 eventually, like, maybe they'll put in all the, like, stuff that they dropped out of Destiny 1. I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll update it. But it's like, Destiny I, I think just thinking through this was like, okay, made me realize this is why I fell off so hard from Destiny 2. Mm -hmm. Well, in my mind, like, so I will, will say if Destiny 1 came out in 2017, right, at the end of the year 2017. So if it came out, You mean right, like the, the version that it ended like? Uh, no, the version that it launched with. Oh, so gosh. if Destiny 1 <laughs> launched, like brand new, yeah. 2017, right? We would see exactly the same thing happen. People would go through the, the campaign, yeah. have much more critical, like, things to say about the story, yeah. and then play the raids, be done with it, drop off, you I mean, know? That, and, and so, yeah. like, literally, in my mind, like, because Destiny 1 didn't have any competition, it stuck around way, like, had the player base and, like, people weren't so super vocally negative. You know, they were negative about a lot of the things, about, oh, man, this content was what I wanted and all this stuff, right? And, uh, oh, Vault Space and all this stuff. Same things that we're dealing with right now with Destiny <laughs> 2 in a lot of ways. Yeah, and that's a whole other frustrating aspect. Right, but, but it's like, we have, like, if it had come out now... It would, we would see exactly the same thing. And yeah. so, like, my mind, it's like, well, Destiny 2, they have another chance whenever they hit that, like, year mark or yeah. even, like, year and a half, which is where I think Taken King came out from Destiny 1. Yeah. If they release something that, like, revamps this game the way that Taken King revamped Destiny 1, yeah. people are going to be back on board. You won't, it'll be Law of Diminishing Returns. You're not going to get the same number of people that were, like, into Destiny 2 off the, the bat, which yeah. is why you do sequels in the first place. Um, but like you're not going to get that many people, but you'll get a you'll get me back. Yeah, I mean the fr the frustrating thing with that kind of a cycle is like, well, then that makes me skeptical for a Destiny three that mm -hmm. it's going to come out and it's just going to be super bare bones again oh, yeah. for no reason. Yep. And like, what they should have done was just like you know take where Destiny one ended mm -hmm. and fixed some things. Yeah. You know, for instance, like fixed vault space, fixed the amount of currency that you're using. They well, did, I, mean, I think they, they, they pretty did, much had fixed vault did. space in, in a lot of ways because, like, they did different vendors and things yeah, like that. Yeah, you could buy I mean, things. But again, then, like, the, you know. Whenever you don't iterate on your game in the proper way, mm. 
and also change the type of game and motivation for why you're playing it at the same time. Like, it's just like, okay, you're just setting the entire fan base up for to fail. Yeah, or like, it just... Like I said, this, it, you set yourself up for these major like peaks and major valleys yeah. in both in both player base as well as like uh, reception from like a PR standpoint. Yeah. Um. Where, whenever Destiny Two launched, like for like a month, it was like amazing for oh, everyone, yeah. and well, then everyone ran out of content, right? Yeah. Well, we, and then that's yeah. where, it, but that's exactly what happened with Destiny. So if you make the same mistakes again, the same exact things are going to happen. And so again, I think everybody has every right to be skeptical about a Destiny three whenever it inevitably happens three years from now. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly skeptical about, and it makes me angry that I have to probably pay like forty bucks at the end of this year for some kind of expansion that will fix everything. Like the, if it's the same, if it's priced the same way the Taken King was, yeah, it's going to come out this this fall, and it's going to probably fix everything, but also cost the same as another game. I mean, it's and that leg, that frustration is legitimate. I mean, that's 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 exactly right because this wasn't something that you necessarily asked for as a no. as a player. It wasn't like you kind of have this expectation that they're going to change and fix things with the uh or, or at least keep what they had already fixed yeah. from the uh previous game. So, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 interesting to see it happen. I'm interested to see how the division handles this because yeah. hopefully they've been sitting back watching what's happening with Destiny and be like, "Oh, we're taking some notes here. This is an opportunity for us to, yeah. to kind of sweep in here. Because that's what de- division, the first division kind of did, was like mm-hmm. whenever there was that big low, right before Taking King came out, yeah, they, um, yep. they swept in and kind of just stole the player base. And and that's going to happen again. Um, and again, like there's more competition in the marketplace now with these other games that are out. So we'll see what, what division comes up with. But yeah. I really do think like this is a prime opportunity for them to hit the reset button and take everything they've learned from the live game yeah. universe and apply it to their sequel. Well, and I think like the world was engaging enough and the storyline was intriguing enough and ended on enough of a cliffhanger that... Um, that alone is enough to get me to jump back into the the division universe. Yeah. Um, and if they if they've if they apply the same things that are going on in the end game now to the division two, that will keep me engaged. Yeah. For a long time in the end game. Right. Um, because like right now there's there is gear that you can go after. There's um all the, there's activities that you can do that are different at that point. Um that you couldn't take part in before. That's not just the dark zone, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, that was the thing before. It was like, well, now you can go into tier, whatever dark zone is like, okay, that's, you know, who it's cares? the same dark zone. You exactly. Know? Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see what, like if they carry over the same systems that they put into place yeah. um, to make this more engaging, man, they c- they could have a breakout year. I also think like visiting another setting or or like the fact that hey can we move it on from yeah. it being like a uh, uh, winter time you know or something like literally like you could do so many things with whatever a sequel would be setting wise mm-hmm. for somebody like me who is more into like that locale and then you know everything about that city whether it was the sewers or whether it was the yeah. you know the the christmas trees or whatever like you could take it wherever you wanted if you want to extend up north and go to central park and all this stuff which is you know by the lore is uh is, is a giant like burial ground or whatever like a just yeah. giant mass grave and so like you have so much unique kind of interesting world stuff that you can do 
where I'm super into it, regardless of uh, of anything else. Like, yeah. even if you only go for the story, it's hopefully going to pay off. Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be cool. To, like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, in my mind, um, do you remember, what is that movie? It's the zombie movie with Will Smith in New York. Um, I Am Legend. I Am Legend. Such a good movie. Yeah. And, but, like, mm. think about the, the world in that, where everything's just kind of overrun. I mean, it's post-apocalyptic, but, like, what if they move the division from the Christmas setting to something like that, a springtime in this post-apocalyptic uh, New York. That'd be pretty cool. Be wild, man. I mean, yeah. of course, like if it's New York, then most of the decorations that haven't blown away will still be there, actually, which would be very creepy. And, yeah, it'd be and weird. very eerie to experience like these, maybe a bright springy kind of uh, right. uh, New York City, but still there's Christmas decorations. Yeah, because like we, in the first game, we were only months after the disaster, right? Right, yeah. I mean, and th- I mean they could even jump forward in time. This would be three years later, you know? Like, yeah. Who knows? Or even a different city altogether. But, I mean, I think there's still some stuff that you can do in New York that would be very unique. Um, yeah, I mean, I part of the charm of it for me was the fact it was in, in New York. Like, it was just really cool. But I would like to see, like, maybe, yeah, maybe go up, to, like, uh, towards Central Park, that area that, yeah. that didn't open up. Or, I mean, if they did pick another city, that's fine. Like, I yeah. would, I mean... They did such a great. They like, can do anything they want. They honestly. did such a great recreation of New York in that yeah. way, and so like if they did that to another city like Boston or like Chicago or like you know whatever, I, yeah, give it its I own mean, vibe, give it its own thing. But I, like, I feel like it could cool. stay away from Chicago because that's where Watch Dogs. True. One was, um, like if I was gonna put it anywhere, I would want to do like D.C., Washington D.C. Be very interesting. Yeah, and uh, because like you could like even like hey the new government's in, like in power there or something like that you know whatever's going on regardless like it's such a cool world that i'm excited for the the sequel man um yeah we have one more item on the news list so um speaking of washington yeah speaking of washington that's a good uh segue uh there was a meeting at the white house today about violence in video games so this is in response to the um school shooting in Florida a few weeks ago and um throughout his uh candidacy and, and a little before like um president trump's made a, a few like comments about video violent video games and how they basically need to be stopped or reined in how they how they he, he believes they contribute to Violence. So I, uh, they decided to have a, a uh, to bring people on both sides of the argument to the table. Um, I don't. I'm I'm not here to say whether they not they were the right people, but I think that they were um, people on both sides. I'm going to read an article from Kotaku by Stephen Totilo, just so we can get the facts and we can just talk about it briefly. Um, President Donald Trump spent an hour today talking to partisans on both sides of the violent video game debate without any sort of conclusive outcome. The White House also ran a reel of violent video game footage. The meeting was held following the president's remarks linking video games to violence in the wake of the shooting in Parkland, Florida, last month that left 17 people dead. Quote, I'm hearing more and more people say the level of violence on video games is really shaping young people's thoughts. End quote, Trump said. While tongues in Washington wag at the chance to tell wild Trump stories, attendees made this meeting, which was closed to press, sound tame. In attendance to rep the video game industry were the head of the ESA, publishers, DC-based lobbying group, 
the head of the ESRB ratings board and the chief executives of Bethesda and Take-Two. Repping the anti-gaming side were an author of books that claim violent video games train killers and a member of the Parents Television Council, which supports the California law to criminalize the sale of violent video games to children that was ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court in 2011. Quote, during today's meeting, the group spoke with the president about the effect that violent video games have on our youth, especially young males. And quote, the White House said in a statement, quote, the president acknowledged some studies have indicated that there's a correlation between video game violence and real violence. The conversation centered on whether violent video games, including games that graphically simulate killing, desensitize our community to violence, end quote. Despite the White House's statement, there have actually been no studies indicating a correlation between video game violence and real violence. Melissa Henson, program director for the PTC, which is the Parents Television Council, said, or I think that's what it is. Mm, I'll figure that out. Um, said in a conference call this afternoon, quote, the tone in the meeting was information gathering. It was a fact-finding meeting, end quote. Attendees described the expected clash of views with the gaming people standing by the rating system and saying games aren't the problem, while the violent game critics asserting that violent games are bad for kids. Asked by Kotaku if the president said anything surprising or impressive, Melissa Henson said, quote, no, not in particular. He was asking questions, genuinely interested in hearing from all sides and getting all perspectives, end quote. The most provocative thing about the meeting may have been the presentation of an 88-second reel of footage from violent video games. It contains footage from M-rated games such as Wolfenstein, Fallout 4, and Call of Duty, including the notorious No Russian mission that allowed players to witness or participate in a massacre of civilians at an airport. The video is currently hosted on the White House's YouTube page, unlisted. The clips appear to be ripped from YouTubers' footage of the game, as well as from the gaming outlet Giant Bomb. Early in the meeting, clips of violent games were displayed for the attendees to watch. Quote, while the clips were playing, he was pointing out how violent these scenes were, Henson said of the president. Quote, while he was doing that, there was, there was silence around the room, end quote. Henson said... She was unable to identify any of the games in the clips. That's not surprising. And while, when asked, said no specific games were mentioned during the hour-long session. The ESA did not offer any interviews regarding the meeting. Sticking to a bland statement, quote, we welcome the opportunity today to meet with the president and other elected officials at the White House. We discussed the numerous scientific studies establishing that there is no connection between video games and violence, First Amendment protection of video games, and how our industry's rating system effectively helps parents make informed entertainment choices. We appreciate the president's receptive and comprehensive approach to this discussion, end quote. In prepared remarks, Henson noted, quote, what I heard in today's meeting is that the entertainment industry is still fighting to maintain the status quo and is not ready or willing to confront the impact that violent media violence has on our children, end quote. While the PTC's position is that science shows that video games can cause aggression, there has been no scientifically proven link between games and violence, let alone school shootings. Decades of research has failed to come up with any correlation between violent video games and actual violence. The ESA, as well as many players of violent video games, have pointed out that violent games are popular globally, but that gun violence is only rampant in the United States. Even the PTC, in a conference call, ranked violent media, including movies and TV, as its third leading contributor to gun violence, trailing access to guns by those who shouldn't have them, followed by mental health. It's unclear, if anything, what will happen next. A similar listening session hosted in early 2013 by Vice President Joe Biden following the Sandy Hook school massacre in the fall of 2012 went nowhere. This meeting, which, which ended just before Trump's announcement of his controversial steel tariffs, also concluded with a whimper. 
Quote, we just sort of all shook hands, Henson said. Quote, I think the door was left open for further discussion, further conversations about this, end quote. Representatives from Take-Two and Bethesda did not reply to quote requests for comment by press time. So, largely uneventful. I think it's, it's worth um, talking about because it is such a high-profile meeting um, and involves the media that we cover a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this includes almost every game. I mean, Fortnite would be in this, you know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of a violent video game, um, rated mature video game. Um, and I think the... To the 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 credit of whoever put together the meeting, both sides were represented in a equal way. I disagree with one of them. <laughs> um, I'm always on the side of like I've, we've already said that you know, hey, video games are protected underneath the First Amendment as free speech and right. as art. And, you know, if we start walking down the road of censoring video games, then we also have to start working, walking down the road of censoring movies, television, music, um, anything else, books deemed as art. And we're not, like, that's not what, we're not going to walk down that road, you know. Um, and I'm anti-censorship in general. Right. On, in any form of media. Um Agreed. The interesting thing, I, and I don't think that the the Parents Television Council is actually being like, I don't think they're being unfair to video games because they don't treat them any differently than they do other forms of media. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have a perspective that is um, that opposes ours. <laughs> right. You know? Well, and also like along those lines, like at least they're consistent, you know, some would say, Oh man, but they're not meeting, you know, with, with the president to talk about changing violent movies, but then that's not the opportunity that was put before them yeah. either. So right. it's like, you know, they're jumping at any opportunity they can to potentially talk to someone about censoring any of these things. Right. And so like, this is just the one that, um, in, in recent days has been, the issue with uh, for for this administration, um, as well as you know, like you mentioned in the past, you know, with with other administrations. Yeah, I mean, this this I mean, it's, it, this is such a young industry, and you know, like in terms, you know, when you compare, like, hey, we just had the 90th Academy Awards. You know, we're not we're nowhere near being 90 years in, over 100 years into some kind of industry. You know. Yeah. Um. So it's I think that's why the video game industry gets hit with these things. And and then you do run into, but you run into parents who will let their, you know, eight year old children, ten year old children play really violent video games, and but that's their choice as a as a parent. You know, you find the same people bringing them into, you know, a Die Hard movie or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. something that's a violent movie. We just don't. I think we scrutinize it more because we don't understand it as a as a culture or as a society as much as we understand movies or. People who didn't grow up with video games don't understand them in the same way. Very true. Um, very true on on that front, which is why, like a lot of you know, a lot of the talks that that happen with this, like with with politicians and things like that, like it's it's not not saying that you know, it's, I'm not not trying to be like ageist or anything like that, but it's like yeah. the generation that many politicians are part of. Um, 
like you said, just don't understand the medium really. And also, I feel like we've also had many of these same sort of talks with other art forms in general. Like thinking about music, we had uh, the the parental guidance or the parental uh, advisory or whatever, the explicit markings that you have to have on things. Like that's the reason that that industry like self-regulated. And that's the reason why the ESRB like started initially rating things uh, mature and everyone. And like, that's why these rating things kind of exist because we've had some similar discussions to this before. Um, and so the industry decides to self-regulate rather than, you know, have a, some sort of a, 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 the government forcing anything or, or whatever, yeah. because I don't know that the government would force anything. Yeah. Um, but along these lines, like any amount of, of that censorship is, is, it's so super strange. Like there are, there are proposed uh, in recent days and as well as in the past, like people have proposed like, Hey, we should, we tax violent video games more than other video games. And like, even that seems really strange um, along those lines because it's like, well, do you, does it cost more to go see an R-rated movie? Does it cost mm-hmm. more to download the explicit mm-hmm. versions of an album or whatever? You know, it's, it, it's such a strange argument to even, even entertain about uh, an art form, uh, some sort of a, a, yeah. a, a communication medium. Well, and I think we, like, we have to, when, you know, to the, to the age point, like, we have to remember um, President Trump whenever he was elected was 70 years old. Like he's like the third oldest president elected. And I'm, you know, it's just not, it's just not his generation. Like this is, this is not something that he was even on his radar. I mean, who knows if he's ever played a pinball game (laughs) or something, you know what I mean? Like, this is just not his thing probably, which is fine. And, and, And honestly, I kind of like, I'm glad that it doesn't sound like this was a witch hunt to like, Hey, we're going to just like take down the, the industry. Um, and it sounds like it was mainly fact finding, which is good. Yeah. Um, and you know, back whenever, um, you mentioned with, with like Joe Biden and whenever, whenever Obama was president, like whenever they were investigating that, they, they ordered some of these studies where they're like, Hey, let's study some of this impact, uh, that, that violent video games have. Yeah. And so like, it's, you know, it's like, Hey, yeah, let's do some, you know, do, do some studies, figure, figure out what's up. Um, they, found no correlation and no, yeah. like there, there was there, like the article that you just read quoted, there's, there's never been a study that is directly looking for those links yeah. that has ever found any link whatsoever with it. Well, and so. I guess, and I guess the reason I'm not like, I'm not, um, offended by just the actual conversation happening. Number one, like, Hey, have the conversation as long as we have facts on both sides. I also think that hearts and minds are in the right place where it's like, Hey, we want to protect our kids and let's see if this is actually hurting them. And if it isn't, we'll, you know, deal with it. But if it, if it is, let's take care of it as well. So like, I think the, their hearts are in the right place and their intentions are in the right place. Um, in terms of, Hey, let's have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost every conversation is worth having. Right. You know, well, I guess um, along those lines, like it's, this is also like a, a conversation that is relatively easy for, a campaign either side of the fence, like whether it was, you know, Democrats, Republicans, it's an easy conversation for them to have that doesn't have to necessarily deal with whether it be mental health or, uh, like, you know, uh, like guns or anything. So it doesn't have to deal with necessarily. It's a a bipartisan issue that I don't think either side really understands in terms of the politicians. Exactly. They don't understand, you know, like 
yeah, I think there's you'll find people on both sides that will that are uninformed and what would would want to know more about this issue. Right. You know. And I think by by picking this as as something to to have a bunch of people meet about, right? Yeah. It's you can via the public eye in a lot of ways, cynically, you can you can do this and people are like, oh well they're they're doing something. You know, where it's like it's and so it's kind of a bipartisan issue that they can they can be like, hey, we're doing something. Yeah. Um, even if it's just like a research time type yeah. thing. Yeah. Again, I don't think the comment the conversation is bad and it sounds like it ended in a in a spot where it's like, okay, well I've heard everything and you know, if anything comes of it, I don't think anything was gonna they weren't gonna walk out of that meeting with a this is what we're doing kind of thing anyway. Um, and honestly, I think the free speech rights of the video game industry will be protected anyway. Like, even if there was some kind of law that came down, um, it would still be protected by the Supreme Court. They've already ruled in favor of um, video games as art anyway. Yeah, and that so, seems like one of the most no-brainer kind of uh, yeah. Supreme Court decisions of like, well, we've already decided this. And so. again, the thing is, like, if this were hurting kids and were causing them to be violent, yes, we would all want something to be done anyway. Um, I don't think we're naive enough to, you know, cling to something that is actually hurting people. But um, whenever it's like, it's not, this is art. This is something that um, is protected under the First Amendment. That's where, like, those are the facts. And uh, that's what I think is right for the you know, video game industry to fight for um, and stand on. And, and uh it's, it's it's an oddly adult conversation to have for a game, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, and a video game podcast, you know? It's like, but I think the same thing could have been said about like film and and other in other their infancy, other mu- yeah. like other other art forms years and years and years and years ago. Because, yeah. like you said, it's relatively new. It's like these these conversations are bound to happen. It's just, yeah. I, I thought for sure, like, you know, that we had dealt with this back in like 2013, 24. And it's like all the way up until now, like we've had these discussions and it's like Supreme court decided, uh, on that court case. And so you're like, well, isn't that like pretty, pretty standalone and no, no study has ever found like anything here. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting conversation to continually kind of come up. Yeah. And it's like, we'll see how long it goes. Like how does in 10 years, are we going to be, you know, talking about, uh, you know, on the thousandth episode or whatever, are we going to be talking about, <laughs> talking about another, you know, another investigation, another, another president and another, you know, meeting or whatever. So no, I, I don't know. Th- at that point in time, we'll probably have a president who grew up playing Mario. Yeah. No, that's the news. <laughs> so Chris. Yeah. Uh, this week, first, this is a, a stay on target first. Yeah. Um, we actually received some mail. Yeah. It's a box. It's a package. It's kind of, I'm kind of nervous it's, to open uh, this. It, it's, it arrived and it says stay on target hosts on it. Yeah. This is either something amazing or it's like a pie flinging machine. It's going to slap me in the face <laughs> with a As soon as you pie. open it up. What if it's like one of those glitter <laughs> bombs? Like, you, oh, have yeah, you seen those? Like, too. Yeah, that's or gonna, like. Or like, you know, you throw like fake blood on someone with fur, you know, <laughs> oh, it could be something like that. But yeah, dude, it's, uh, it, 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 it's from Amazon. So it doesn't have like a return address yeah. on, on like visible on the outside of the box anyway. Yeah. It just says, oh, from the Amazon distribution center. So, uh, why don't you open it up? All right. I, I like I'm staying, you're, you're I'm staying over here. It All right. Well, it's because you have a knife. That's true. A I knife. Have, I have the same knife I stabbed my hand with years ago. Don't do that. Um, I feel like it's part of me now. So it's been... <laughs> Is it so intimately? Here, here's a question for you about about that. Yeah. 
Um, is it kind of like you keep something that's very dangerous next to you, like yeah. close to you because it's like, oh man, you know, yeah. I, I came through okay, came yeah. through the, the fire all right. Yeah, it's like you keep your enemies close. That's right. Your friend's close, your enemy's closer. Yeah. Well, this stays a, in my pocket at all times. It's obviously my enemy. your arch enemy. Whoa, dude. All right. What so do we have here? We got some, some pop figures. Some pop figures? Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. Let's see if we can get these out here. Amazon um, always packages pops. Uh, looks like. Interestingly. This I love is, it. This is a Han Solo. It's old Han Solo. Oh, man. So it's uh, so from, from, from like The, the Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, and Dude, then, that's so cool. This is the Hulk, man, from, uh, looks like from Thor Ragnarok. Dude. This is awesome. This oh, is so my cool. gosh. I, uh, this is in a bag. It's like in a, a bubble wrap kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah they were Double like, protected. <laughs> they really wanted to protect that one. They're like, no message inside. They were like, Han Solo, psh, you this know. This is awesome, dude. That is amazing. Yeah, this is so cool. Dude, that is great. I love that. Well, thank you for whoever sent these. Yeah. I, um, I, I mean, I, I wish I could thank you in some other way besides I, saying so on the podcast i have some suspicions about who potentially could have sent it but like but i don't want to i don't want to say that in case it's not them right 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 well i mean we can we can do some research here uh between the next couple segments and uh and find out if 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 whoever if i'm if whoever i'm guessing sent these actually sent these and then if uh if they would like their name broadcast on on the podcast so or if they want to remain anonymous I mean, this I is would amazing. Think they would remain anonymous, right? I don't know. Like, I, I really just don't know. This is this is it's, amazing. It's phenomenal, dude. It's phenomenal. I love it. This is so cool, dude. Thor Ragnarok. I that movie. I, until I want want to watch that movie again. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for it to hit Netflix. I feel like I'm gonna watch it over and over. It's again. It's literally one of my favorite Marvel movies. Oh man, it's so good. And then uh, Force it's Awakens, the last dude. version of Han Solo, man. That's right. The uh, I actually really like that version of, as a pop figure as well, because yeah, yeah. like the uh, the jacket's like different and that uh-huh. sort of thing. So you mean from the from the young young Han Solo? Yeah, yeah, from like the other Han Solos, yeah. uh, pop figures and everything. So yeah. it's very cool. Well, thank you. This is amazing. This. Yes, thank you. This is a long podcast. This is a very long podcast, but the package that we got was awesome. Yeah, very very. The, uh, that's that's. A, a crazy surprise. Um, so I have that same Thor pop yeah. figure, only the it's like a different color. Oh, nice! Oh, that was yeah. the one you were talking about in yes. the uh, in the pop yep. box. Yep. Ah, yep. so dude, uh, if you want that one, dude, Thor Ragnarok is like one of my favorite movies of last year. Yeah, like it is. It is. I can't wait till it hits. Well, Netflix I don't have a, I don't have the Han Solo pop figure yet. Mm-hmm. So, so you should have that one. Yeah, that, that seems right to I'm me. Super, super pumped about that, dude. I'm so. This is so cool. I know. Well, and this one's heavy too. Like it's really heavy. It's crazy. Um, I was talking to. Uh, I don't know. Like I don't know why. I don't know if it's the is it the hammer. Well, is it the hammer or is it like oh his head is the like the, the, the there's a giant mohawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On it, so like I don't know if it's the mohawk. Yeah. No, it's it's it feels like it's the it's the feet. It's like the, it's it's, it's the like feet? just the body is. Heavy. Well, maybe like just to maybe keep from, to like, counterbalance the over, head. Yeah. yeah. So. I feel like it's taller than normal pops. That feels that looks taller than. I mean, normal. you can put it right next to one and see. Yeah, like, I yeah. Just, I mean, it's probably like it's got a big. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good, like inch taller, it's a little bit taller. Yeah, it's like, like an inch, especially top, with the, the mohawk. Top of the, yeah, the top of the. Well, I mean, not mohawk, but the like a uh, Roman kind of style helmet. That's right. It isn't a mohawk hair thing. <laughs> it would be amazing if Hulk had that hair underneath the helmet. Just takes <laughs> off the helmet. The hair is like bright that. red hair. <laughs> All right, so this podcast is already way too long, but we're going to cover the uh, the Academy Awards anyway. It was the 90th Academy Awards. Um, this will kind of be like we're going to talk about the... Did Oscar see his shadow? What? Are That's we going to get more winter? That is not a thing. 
Um, we. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about the awards a little bit. Talk maybe a little bit about the uh, the the actual um, uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so on Sunday, I saw the, all the best picture nominees. Saw The Shape of Water, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, Through Billboards, Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Get Out, The Post, Call Me by Your Name, Lady Bird. Sorry, Dunkirk. I saw like. Like I said, I didn't stay for that. So, but I've seen it twice in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, the the movie that I didn't see that I really wanted to was I Tanya, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I've heard that's great. Yeah, I didn't see any of the um, like documentary shorts and all that kind of stuff. There's a couple I want to watch, but I haven't yet. This year was odd for me. In the past, I, I in the past like four years, I feel like I mean I always make um, picks. And predictions beforehand. Sometimes I talk about it on the podcast. Sometimes I don't. Um, I usually get around twenty ish right out of all of them. I got like eleven right this time. So my question would potentially be that in the yeah. past you've gone to see the uh, best picture showcase kind of a week earlier. Yeah. Um, and this time it was like literally twenty four hours. And yeah. so it did, would that have influenced many of your picks? No, or? I've done that before. Like I didn't. So I will say the one difference this year is I I haven't paid as much attention to like the SAG Awards and the um, People's Choice Awards and like those types of other the Golden Globes like I did but not really um, but the thing is the the these didn't fall in line like the Shape of Water kind of did but like they didn't really fall fall in line as much as I thought they would have anyway mm. um, so I think it was just like a it was a odd year that the, you know the Academy kind of did some. Unexpected things. They have actually like their membership has changed since the the Oscars so white thing a few years ago. They have uh, changed the makeup of their voting block hmm. a little bit, but not in nice. a, a drastic enough way that I feel like that's what even happened. Um, it's because it didn't like fall in lines with what you would typically think. Like, hey, well, if you're if you're bringing in more diverse group of people, then um, this is what would happen. You know, like it's not it, has, it hasn't been predictable in that sense. You know, it's well, like I think it's it's just a I think it, you had a slate of movies, especially as best picture nominees here, that there aren't any huge like except for Dunkirk, none of them are critical successes. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, financial successes. You know, yeah. and I don't even know if Dunkirk was. You I mean. Know? I also think about like you you just inherently you bring in more diversity to a group of, of voters or whatever yeah. and you're gonna get more different opinions and uh, and so potentially you have things like um, like unpredictable things because like oh these these votes don't amount to the largest total but something else does like you have the the kind of situation where it's like oh there are three things that are very close in the numbers or something yeah. and one kind of just barely pops up so i mean it's like that could have caused some of it but yeah. i just don't think like we haven't seen like if i don't think that we've seen because if we had people would be talking about it we haven't seen a drastic change in the way that the academy chooses the films that they award mm, I see. Bec- and, and not in a not in a bad way for instance like four out of the last five best director awards have gone to mexican immigrants which like that's been happening since before you know mm-hmm. like they started changing the makeup of it so it's like that's a positive thing like that's not a mm-hmm. you know like I, I think the i think the best people are being awarded you know um but then I think you've seen you see things like uh, like Get Out 
as a Best Picture nominee that maybe you wouldn't have before. You know, that type of thing. Um, which Get Out was a fantastic movie, by the way. Like, uh, So we'll, let's walk through these movies that we watched real fast. And uh, we'll start going. So the Shape of Water took the night, won Best Director, um, Best uh, uh, Picture. Um, and I believe, let's see here. I'm going to screw this up if I don't look at my... Yeah, so it took Best Picture, Best Original Music Score. Hmm. Alexandre Desplat, um, Best Director, and I believe that's it. Who won Costume Design? Nope. Best Production Design, Shape of Water as well. Um, Google keeps going back on me here. Yeah, that's what it was. So I guess three Oscars. Yeah. Um, it was it was a great movie. It was one of those movies like fantastic movie, very well done. Um, it's Guillermo del Toro Mm -hmm. and he's a great filmmaker, not someone whose films I watch repeatedly. Um, you know, like I think of like, um, Pan's Labyrinth, great movie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not something I pop in every single, you know, like Saturday night or something like that. You know, it's not my, it's not a go-to movie just cause you know, it just doesn't push all my buttons. Um, but great filmmaker. I'm so happy that he, um, uh, that he won, um, the uh, the best director. Honestly, like I was pulling for Jordan Peele. Uh, he won a lot of the uh, like the uh, Critics Choice Awards, like mm-hmm. the week before, which yeah. was which was nice. Um, so like that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I was honestly thinking like either Get Out would win Best Picture or he would win Best Director, and something else would win. You know, like they would. Yeah, alternate. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think like this. Oftentimes the best picture and best director don't go to the same person hmm. um, or don't go to the same movie, kind of like last year, you know? Yeah. You had um, Chazelle winning for La La Land and um, uh, Moonlight winning for best picture. Right. Um, my favorite movie best from the best picture nominees, Starkest Hour, um, about Winston Churchill, Mm-hmm. And um, Gary Did, Oldman won Best Actor for that performance, and it was phenomenal, man. Um, he continuously amazes me. I forgot that I'm watching Gary Oldman. Interesting, and it's not just because of the the makeup; mm-hmm. like it's his performance is so unlike anything else he's done. That's always incredible to me. Like whenever you can watch a movie and be like, wait a second that like you snap back at the end of it and go, that was such and such, you know? Yeah. Um, I also find it amazing. Like accents are the same way where it's like somebody, you know, fantastic. And it's like, wait a second, they're, they're British or they're American or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, it also won for best makeup, uh, which it totally (laughs) deserves like that. I mean, that all that's makeup. He spent, uh, three hours every day, in the makeup chair to get all that on. It's incredible. Um, just a fantastic performance. Like that's the movie that I'm like, if you only see one of these, go watch that movie. Uh, it was very, very powerful. Uh, we also watched Dunkirk or so there was Dunkirk. I didn't watch it. Uh, I've seen it twice though. Uh, Dunkirk actually, I feel like it won like four Oscars. Let me see here. Um, Dunkirk picked up best film editing, Best sound mixing. Uh, the best film editing wasn't Baby Driver up for that too. It was, and I 
and it was up for sound editing and sound mixing. I feel like it should have won one of those. True, but Dunkirk was was good, man. I mean, um, it was I, I, undeniably Dunkirk is amazing in both of those categories, but I yeah. do feel like one of them. And I'm not sure which one I would give baby to Baby Driver. Um, I probably would do the sound editing because of the fact that it's all timed out. So sound I don't editing know. and film editing, I think, kind of go hand in hand with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about like with sound editing, think about all the explosions and bullets and oh, all yeah. the stuff. Like yeah. you know, we list, we saw that in, in IMAX, and that was just like a super well done movie because of that. Yeah. I mean, um, I can see either one in either category. I just feel like I would love to have seen Baby Driver win something for that. Yeah, but Dunkirk won all of them. Film editing, sound mixing, and sound editing. It's wild. Um, my phone is dying right now or something. It's uh, restarting. Don't do, I don't know what it's doing. So all my information is gone. Nope, it says 27%. It just decided it didn't like me. <laughs> That's weird. So it's back on now? It's, I wonder yeah, if it's, it's doing it's that thing on. It's where... It's all the pages. I wonder if it's doing that thing where uh, Apple, like... Um, the Apple patched or whatever, the battery life thing. Possibly. Mm. Phantom Thread was another one. That was, uh, it was, it's a good movie. It's supposedly um, uh, the last movie for Daniel Day-Lewis. He is retiring from acting now. Um, it's got a twist in it. I'm not going to talk about it. That surprises you. That's all I'll say. Um, I think it took away, and it should have. I believe it took best costume design um, because it's a story about he's a uh, he's a, he's a, a a dressmaker. Um, he plays. He basically you know makes all these dresses and like man the dresses. So you were can't have a movie about about making any fashion item no. and it not be not when, yeah. magnificent. You yeah, know? it did. It won one best achievement in co- costume design, um, which it totally deserved. Uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. This movie, so I think my, the the best supporting actor category has been one of my favorites in in uh, um, uh, the past few years. Um, last year was Casey uh, Affleck for um, what was it? Oh, man, we shouldn't do this late at night. Because all I do is uh, blank on everything. Manchester by the Sea. Um, And he won for that the year before. Uh, Is it J.K. Simmons won for Whiplash? So, like, it's it's, it's these kind of, like, overlooked... I don't know. What I I would normally think would be overlooked kind of performances, but it's just super, super standout performances um, that get picked for these, uh, these movies uh, for the Best Supporting Actor. And in this... Um, for the Sam Rockwell one best supporting actor for three billboards. What's funny was we walked out of the the movie theater after seeing that, and I was like, Sam Rockwell was the reason I liked that movie. Um, his performance was so relatable. Like he 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 kind of he's kind of an antihero in this, but you relate to him more than any other character in the movie, um, and. I loved it. Like that was it was maybe my favorite performance. It was funny. It was um, sad. Um, he showed a huge range of emotion. Just a fantastic performance. Super happy he won Best Supporting Actor for that. Uh, it also won um, Best Act. Uh, yeah, Best Actress. Frances McDormand won Best Actress for that movie. 
um, which was great. I think that Meryl Streep kind of like this. She was probably my favorite out of the best actress performances. Um, I didn't see uh, I Tanya, which I wanted to see. She was um, nominated, but uh, I I think Meryl Streep for the post actually like was my standout performance. Um, most of the time, like this is the thing, Meryl Streep. I think she's a phenomenal actress. And she is nominated almost every single year because she is so great. Um, almost like Denzel Washington is like, he's nominated almost every year because he's so fantastic. Even yeah. like the movie that he was nominated for this year had like a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. You know, it's like not even a, a critically acclaimed movie, but his performance was so moving mm -hmm. that he was nominated. I think, you know, Meryl Streep's often the same way. But this is like, uh, I feel like her performance in this movie was just elevated because of like the movie was also so good. So we'll talk about the post next. The post uh, was the movie that she was in. Um, it was one of my my favorites as well. One of my top three um, of the best picture nominees. It was about uh, the 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 Pentagon Papers that revealed all the 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 behind the scenes of the Vietnam War um, for like five different administrations mm. um, and. Uh, you know, it's based on historical things, so like that kind of pushes my buttons too. Just yeah. Like honestly, my top top three favorites are all historically based movies: yeah. The Post, Dunkirk, and Darkest Hour. Um, often, usually, it doesn't necessarily land like that, but this year it did. Um, but yeah, The Post was great. I mean, Tom Hanks is in it. It was directed by Spielberg. Like, great movie, solid movie. Um, Get Out, Jordan Peele won for Best Original Screenplay, which is awesome. Um, it's so cool. I mean, this is this is one of his first, like, big things that he's done after Key and Peele. Didn't and they do Keanu? <laughs> the movie with the cat? The yep, action totally, movie with the cat? Totally didn't get nominated for anything, though. <laughs> I wouldn't imagine it would. <laughs> um, but it's cool to see him get nominated for that. I mean, that's, that's another one of my favorites. Um, it's... Uh, we I recently watched It Follows, and I think I talked about it that on the podcast. That's right. I mean, this isn't the same kind of movie. Like it's it's in the same horror genre, but it's Dude, also but horror, like it's, so it's also horror like, covers so much. Because you can have like horror is almost like just a blanket kind of a thing that covers a lot of different genres. Yeah. True. Well but the, the, the thing is it's also like it's very satirical and I I love that. I don't know. It's it was a great it's a great movie. Like hmm. um even Key and Peele did a great job at uh, commenting on society and culture while being funny. Mm -hmm. This does the same thing while being scary. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, yeah, it's really, really, really cool. Um, and it's just like it's it, it goes like places. You're like, how? What is happening right now? I can't believe this is so outrageous right now. Um, it was good. Like uh, any good like horror or comedy should. You know, yeah. they share a lot of the same kind of DNA yeah. in that way. The escalation. Um, Lady Bird didn't win anything. It was a solid movie. Not necessarily something I super relate to, but it was it was definitely good. Um, and Call Me By Your Name. A.K.A. the one you've already admitted that you slept <laughs> through some. Yes, definitely slept through that one. Um, because it was at, like, what did you say, 2.30 in the morning? 2.30 in the morning. Mm. Dee Dee didn't fall asleep. I'm the only one who fell asleep. Um... It won Best Adapted Screenplay. Nice. Yeah, which, I mean, it totally deserves um, from what I saw of it. <laughs> I saw most of it. I mean, it was two and a half, two and a half hours long. I, saw I mean, do we need to call Dee Dee right now? Yeah, and, I mean, uh... we can ask her exactly how much I missed, <laughs> but she filled me in, so. 
Um, it's not one of those things where like a billion things have happened by the time you wake up. Um, so running through the full list, I feel like this has been super disjointed. I apologize to our listeners. It's late. I should have been more prepared. It's on me. Uh, but best picture, Shape of Water, best actress, Francis, Francis McDormand from Three Billboards, actor, Gary Oldman from Darkest Hour, director, Guillermo del Toro from The Shape of Water. This original song, Remember Me from Coco. I honestly thought Love it. Yeah, I thought that this is me from Greatest Showman was gonna get it. Greatest Showman had, had a lot of buzz, dude. I was surprised, but and and and, and like It's a fantastic song. Yeah. Have you heard you've oh, yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic song. Great song. But also the Coco song, Remember Me. I can't listen to that song without like getting emotional. And so. I, I'm sure that's it. Yeah. Uh, original score shape of water, totally deserved that. Uh, cinematography, this is my favorite winner. I'm gonna explain why. Cinematography was Roger Deakins for Blade Runner 2049. He has been in the movie industry for since like the 70s and has been nominated multiple times and has not won. Let me read you the movies he's been nominated for and it's going to blow your mind. Okay. All right. So he was nominated for Best Cinematography for The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, man. Fargo. Oh, man. Kundun, which I don't know what that is. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? The Man Who Wasn't There, No Country for Old Men, Wow. Assassination of Jesse James, The Reader, True Grit, Skyfall, Prisoners, Unbroken, Sicario, and finally, all those he lost for, finally nominated for Blade Runner, and he won. Wow. Like, he's had a stellar career, and like, it's always, you know, every single, it's been the kind of this, this, not a joke, but just this running thing that... I mean, he just he gets nominated and doesn't win. But you know, he should have gone sci-fi earlier, and, <laughs> and it probably yeah, would have happened. Would have won. I mean, the thing is, I mean, Blade Runner looks so beautiful; it's so great. Well, all those movies you just talked about, all oh, the ones yeah. that I've seen anyway, are are gorgeous. So some of the movies he hasn't like you'll know that he wasn't nominated for. Um, In Time, The Company Men, uh, Revolutionary Road, uh, Doubt, Jarhead, The Village. We talked about the village earlier. Mm-hmm. House of Sand and Fog, uh, A Beautiful Mind. Wow. Um, the Hurricane, Denzel Washington, the boxer movie. Uh, the Siege, The Big Lebowski, <laughs> Courage Under Fire. <laughs> I mean, we all know why I didn't win for The Big Lebowski. Oh, know? I mean, but okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> Say what you want about The Big Lebowski. Yeah, totally it's a beautiful, beautifully totally shot movie. <laughs> um, but but still, like with this yeah. career, like he totally yeah. deserved that, and like the, they gave him a standing ovation, like, and he was very like, uh, he almost played it off, you know. It was almost kind of like, I mean, this is this is a bigger deal than he's even making <laughs> making out of it. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. Um, that was my favorite win of the the entire night. Cool. Uh, so cinematography, original screenplay, Get Out. We talked about that. Adapted screenplay, Call Me by Your Name. Uh, talked about that. Um. Live action short film. This is where it gets into things that I did not see. So The Silent Child, one. Documentary short, short subject, Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405. Film editing, Dunkirk. Visual effects, Blade Runner 2049. The only thing I'll say about that is there are things I cannot explain mm-hmm. in Blade Runner. Hmm. Um, uh, some of them, I was talking to Fultron about this. There's a lot of miniatures in this that I didn't realize were miniatures. Uh, there's... 
entire sequences that I'm like, this is I, I don't I don't see how this is not a real place. Hmm. It's kind of like how gravity. You're like, how did they not shoot that in space? Yeah, I still don't. I I'm still convinced they shot that in <laughs> yeah. space. With this, is like I don't know how in the world you shot this or where you shot this because this all looks real. Hmm. Um, so totally deserves that. I like that was another. I love that movie. I think I've said that's my favorite movie last year, so that's why I, you know, I'm, I'm more excited about that than almost anything else on here. Well, it also kind of fits right into like the things that push all your buttons with like a genre film True. that's like yeah. you know sci-fi yeah. and yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Animated feature, Coco. Animated short, Dear Basketball, actually, and Kobe Bryant won his first Oscar. It's awesome. Uh, there's a meme floating around the internet. Uh, I had totally forgotten about. There's this part in The Office whenever Kevin Malone. Uh, he made some kind of bet or something like that, and it's supposed to be funny. Where he's like, um, "If Kobe Bryant ever wins a an Oscar, I'll be a very rich man." I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> he's now a rich man. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Rewinding, by the way, to Coco. I uh, on your recommendation, I watched Boss Baby. Oh yeah, it's a good film. Yeah, definitely didn't like Coco is way better. Sure, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, Boss Baby was nominated. I didn't for yeah. a second necessarily think it was going to win. No, no, I but I was just saying. I just, I just went. I saw Boss Baby and yeah. I thought it was funny. It was. A what good, did you think? Was, I mean, it definitely has a twist at the end. It's like it's, you don't expect what's coming. Yeah. So the end is is good. I thought the middle, like the middle, lost me a lot. Like mm. somewhere in that middle portion, I was just kind of like, ah, because I liked the beginning and then I liked the end. Yeah. But you know, foreign language film, a fantastic woman, production design, The Shape of Water, totally. You know, like uh, it was up against. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk. Shape of Water was great. Uh, sound mixing, Dunkirk. Sound editing, Dunkirk. I, I feel like, I'm, I'm with you, I feel like Baby Driver should have probably gotten sound editing um, and film editing, possibly, but it's okay. Documentary feature, Icarus. Costume design, Phantom Thread. Makeup and hairstyling, Darkest Hour. Supporting actor, Sam Rockwell from Three Billboards. And, uh, yeah, I think we've gone through everything. Nice. Yeah. Um, the award show was, was, uh, about what you expect. I don't know. Like, I think we were talking beforehand. I was talking about, uh, Mark Hamill and, um, Oscar Isaacs and Kelly Marie Tran and BB-8 came out to give an award and the writing just was not funny like it's supposed to be really really jokey mm -hmm. um and just did not land at all like mm -hmm. there were several times where it didn't land and you know for an award show it's like i i mean sure leave it to the host to be funny but i would rather the presenters um be a little more put together mm -hmm. you know like they don't have to be this, this isn't a joke like this award isn't a joke so we don't have to like let's not joke about about it beforehand. yeah and I guess it's the scripted part also that is uh, that, yeah. that's kind of that makes it somewhat somewhat more awkward feels, sometimes feels with award forced, shows. I didn't I didn't you know? watch, but like I, I yeah. think whenever award shows go that route, sometimes it gets it gets weird whenever it's scripted yeah. humor. Um, the thing I did did I loved and I thought was really cool that uh, like every single year they kind of do like these um, interactive pieces or whatever, whether it's Ellen taking a selfie or last year they brought in people <laughs> taking a tour of Hollywood and. <laughs> Brought them through the uh, the theater down in front, uh, but this time they had a uh, they had wooed a entire group of people um, into the Chinese theater for a pre screening of A Wrinkle in Time, which actually came out this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, in the middle of the 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 award ceremony, um, Jimmy Kimmel grabbed a bunch of people from the audience, Gal Gadot, 
Mark Hamill, Margot Robbie um, ended up running up there, uh, Guillermo del Toro, um, Army Hammer, um, and I'm trying to remember if there's anything anybody else. I think that's it. Grabbed all of them, took them across the street to that theater uh, full of people watching A Wrinkle in Time, and they were all carrying candy, like Army Hammer was carrying this. Um, oh, and uh, um, uh, guy Baby Driver, the actor from Baby Driver, um, they were carrying these big like uh, hot dog cannons, brought them all into the theater across the street and surprised everyone there to thank them for um, for coming and seeing movies. They just did the, they did this big like montage of movies and they're like, hey, we're nothing without without our the people who go see these movies. Um, and so we thank you. And so they did that. Cool. And it was cool. Like it was cool seeing all these people like definitely freak out whenever Gal Gadot and Jimmy walk into the, the, um, theater. And then like everyone else comes in and it's like, holy cow, it's Mark Hamill. Like it's, uh, army hammer. It's Margot Robbie. It's all these people. Um, Emily Blunt, she was over there too. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a fun, it was probably the most, my favorite part of the, of the ceremony. I love it. I was looking at like, I was trying to figure out like who all like went over there and it's like every single ar- article like lists like three of them. And then it goes and more, <laughs> yeah, and you know, more. and it's just like this all encompassing, like, like, I think I need and all more, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, um, and, and it was legit. Like I was reading, somebody did a, like a, a piece that IGN posted and it was all about like their experience, um, going to that movie. Like it, it was like, they just thought they were going to see, a, uh, a pre-screen of the movie, and they thought the cameras were, they had been told they were to catch audience reactions that they would use in promo materials and stuff like Interesting. that. Interesting. Um, so, like, the cameras being in there made sense. Oh, man, there were so many people in there. Like, no, I know. Lin-Manuel Miranda was there. Oh, yeah, I forgot Lupita, yeah. uh, Lupita Nyong'o was there. Oh, uh, yeah, she was I over mean, there. I mean, like, holy cow, like, this is, like, I'm looking at the pictures as well, and it's just, like, it's a it's a mosh pit of people back there. right. Holy I would, cow. I mean, because like, he, well, he grabbed like maybe five of them and then like a bunch of them just ran up and like went with him. That's so, like, super cool. Yeah. Margot Robbie, I think like she wasn't, he didn't like call her out. She just like ran up and to go over there, you know? So like, it was super cool. That's super fun, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these pictures look look like everybody's like smiling, everybody's having a good time. Yeah, so that's I like, awesome. I, I love stuff like that where it's like, okay, because you know, sometimes the award shows for any like industry, whether it's even video games sometimes, feels largely self-serving you know what i mean yeah yeah um like hey let's all get together give each other awards mm-hmm. you know uh, <laughs> uh i mean the only ones that don't are like the nickelodeon kids choice awards oh, dude, and like yeah the, the teens choice awards the or whatever choice, yeah, yes yeah, yeah. um you everybody know, gets slimed like it's like literally like it's yeah. like oh let's bring a bunch of stars here and then slime them you know, know. <laughs> uh so you know i think bringing some levity to that type of an event is good yeah. um in that you know, those kinds of, uh, um, sketches or, you know, stunts, I don't know. Stunts. Yeah. What do you call them? (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So that's my, 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 uh, review of the 90th Academy Awards. This has been a long episode, John. It has, in fact. We're t- are we literally two hours in? We are, yes, over two hours at this point. That's insane. What's the longest? We've discussed this before. I think we've done a three-hour almost before. Oh so, gosh. I mean, it's not... Well, we're not we're, getting anywhere near We're that. not approaching that yet. Okay, good. Um, you can find us online at staintargetpodcast.com, on Twitter at chrisite250. And John writes 777. Next week, we're going to be reviewing Tomb Raider. 
I almost like I was expecting yeah, you, you, you said that and then I was like expecting there to be like a tagline like Tomb Raider colon something or other but no, I know that that's not right not. But it's just Tomb Raider it's just Tomb Raider with uh, Alicia Vikander yeah cause like that that reminds me of like the, the Tomb Raider uh, with uh, Angelina Jolie that came out like yeah. in the 90s or she's, whatever she's an Oscar winner yeah but I mean like I'm excited for this movie we'll see could this be the first video game movie that is good Doom is the first video game movie that was good Man, Chris. I'm kidding. Uh, um, possibly, I hope so. I hope so it's too, great. man. It's it's a good story, regardless. It's like, well, it's yeah. just it's a great story. Did they screw it up? We'll see if they messed it up. I don't know. Um, also, the crew two was supposed to release next week. It is not though. It is not. It got pushed back. I think we talked about that, but I don't know that we did. So, um, if anybody was expecting that, then, yeah, uh, the crew two is coming uh, in uh, quarter one, two thousand fiscal quarter one, two thousand eighteen, which is. Like literally almost May a year from now. Like ridiculous. they basically pushed it back almost a year, right? No, Does that it, feel right? Just a few months from now. Oh, okay. Quarter, would you say quarter, quarter one? Yeah, quarter starts one. in like in like April or something. Like I see, that, I see, I see. I think. Anyway. I don't remember where I was at. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell your friends about it, about us. Um That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on Target. target.